Hello and welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife, also featuring a baby who has discovered he has vocal cords and will not shut up. (laughs) Hello, baby. Hello, baby. Oh, he's being quiet now. We'll have to splice in some of the noises he'll be making throughout the entire episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's got camera shy. He will supply us with some effects for <laughs> for use. I wonder if we should ask him at the end if everybody is terrible. I really hope he'll be asleep at the end and not in a position to answer. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, today we're talking about Babysitter's Club number 41, uh, Marianne versus Logan. Uh, which coincidentally does have a lot of baby-centric content, so this mm. is a good one to get Fiat's opinion on. <laughs> Did either of you guys read this as a kid? Yes. I would have said no. I would have said a million miles away from it. And then a lot of the Jenny Prezioso stuff seemed real familiar. But not such that I could put my finger on, yes, I've definitely read it. It did seem kind of familiar. Maybe I skimmed it real quick in a bookshop or something. (laughs) Maybe you skipped boy chapters. (laughs) I definitely skipped all the Mariana Logan chapters. Like, that's just... I remembered those slightly, but I remembered the um, the baby-related material very intensely. So yeah, similar uh, to Aoife. How about you, Esther? I didn't read it as a kid. I think I would have found it quite stressful. I think I would have found the romantic drama too intense. <laughs> um, as an adult reading it, I found it so cringy that I made my daughter read it so that I could have another person to cringe about it with, even though I knew that I was going to cringe with you guys for a three hour recording session. I was like, that's not enough. I actually need somebody else to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So she's spent the evening reading it and agrees with me that it's delightfully cringy. <laughs> Can I just uh, shout out Rick's t-shirt, which says Occupy Mars? I'm like, that's great. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like a, a Warhammer 40k joke, but yeah. It, it, it sounds like a, a pointed comment towards Elon Musk, which I'm very here for. <laughs> it does, so I'm yeah. going to pretend that's what it is. <laughs> I'm sure that's what randomers think it is. Mm-hmm. You see, the problem with Warhammer 40k t-shirts is that a lot of them make you look like a Nazi. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. And you're like, this just represents the fictional army of little dudes that I paint and fight other little dudes with whose politics I vehemently disagree with, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with the miniatures. (laughs) Yeah. I get into arguments with them. So uh, do we get Sophia's take on the book now or should we, um, are you going to like filter it out to us as we go? I think we'll get it sort of on an ongoing basis. Um, She read it on my iPad, so she's left her notes in the text for me and I have not had a chance to look over them in advance. Amazing. Nice. (laughs) I will discover them along with you guys in real time. There'll be a lot of red flag emojis, I bet. Yes. Um, she's been reading a lot of Am I the Asshole and she's become well-versed in the terminology. So she, as she was reading it, she was exclaiming over all the red flags and going, Logan is so toxic. Yes. And it was great. Oh man, I want, I want to hear her commentary on Am I the Asshole content as well. Like that sounds, (laughs) that sounds extremely enjoyable. (laughs) Sophia explains it all. She's got a lot of strong opinions about helicopter parents now. Uh oh. (laughs) She's not in (laughs) favour. Oh dear. So uh, how how is your parenting style coming up to her newfound uh, scrutiny then? 
Yeah, I just straight up asked her. I was like, is this a roundabout way of telling me I'm being a helicopter parent? And she was like, oh, God, no. Oh, oh that's no, good. No way. <laughs> so, yeah. You, you never you know how, it, how you don't strike me as a helicopter parent, but you never know how the kid is experiencing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Like those could be wildly different things. <laughs> that's so funny. I wonder if helicopter parenting is something that happens to other people as well. Like, it's, it's only <laughs> when you're an adult and you've been through a few rounds of therapy that you go, oh, wow, they didn't let me do stuff. <laughs> well, I look forward to that realisation. <laughs> I thought I wasn't allowed to oh, do sorry. much stuff, but then I realised I was comparing myself to the famous five, so. <laughs> Which is an impossible standard, to be fair. <laughs> I know. I never got to round up any smuggling rings, inevitably, from Ireland, possibly because I was from Ireland, and possibly also because <laughs> I lived in Hong Kong, and that's a long way to do smuggling. Though someone was probably doing it. Also, I like wasn't allowed to go on like solo camping trips in the middle of the countryside on my own at the age of 10. Like, what's <laughs> up with that? Well, if you'd had three friends and a dog, I'm sure you would have been allowed to. And lighthouse keeping uncle or something? I, I got the impression that he was only going to be able to do minimal supervision at the best of times, even if he'd wanted to helicopter parent, he would have been like, I, I, just, I can't have these children and the dog in the lighthouse with me the whole time. It will jeopardise the sailors' lives. This is very important. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm doing this for the Royal Navy, guys. Here's a, a basket of cold tongue. Get out of here. Come back in 48 hours or I'm calling the Coast Guard. <laughs> I mean, if somebody gave me a basket of cold tongue, I would go away very promptly. I would get out of their way. Yeah. Get foraging. I mean, yeah, yeah I'd rather that than the potted meat. <laughs> Unspecified meat. They always got lashings yeah. of ginger beer, so you could live on that for a while. They did, but I don't think I would have liked that either. You know, at least it's got sugar in it. Yeah, it's I like true. ginger beer. And at least it wasn't in a cow's mouth so <laughs> <laughs> those are some standards <laughs> nothing but the best for me you know that expensive coffee that's been eaten and pooped out by a civet yeah maybe oh, yes. a special ginger beer that's like that that's been <laughs> oh, oh no pre-fed the ginger to a goat it's classy now <laughs> i think they're at roll doll and goat's tobacco what's that what's goat's tobacco he took the his his older half sister or stepsister or whatever had got engaged to this guy and the little children basically thought this was the most disgusting thing in the world and they were like mad about it. This guy smoked a pipe. So they were all on holiday around the fjords of Norway, uh like hopping from little islandy rock to little islandy rock on a on a little boat, and the the little kids collected goat droppings and dried it out and replaced his tobacco with goat droppings yes and he got really I sick remember that oh the 20th century <laughs> good times good times well i mean i, I guess that the two formative writers that everybody read when we were our age are roald dahl and Edith blyton and neither of them is a good <laughs> and we have them at one end and we have helicopter parenting at the other end i don't know what that says about the spectrum. Well, every generation is a response to the previous generation. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. And Anna Martin is somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. I'd say she's closer to the 20th century thing because she's forever having to generate adventures where the girls look after themselves, so. That's true, but the adventures are very suburban, except when it's a super special. The island is an outlier. 
<laughs> yeah, she's yes. real bad at getting them into that kind of situation because it is so like unlikely. Yes. Yeah, it's so outside of her wheelhouse as a writer and it shows. Everyone's really into boating. Shut up, you guys. By the way, we live on the coast. I didn't mention it before, but it's totally true. <laughs> and I never will again. Stony Brook is coastal. Oh my God. So American cover is like, looks like a romance cover. Um, Hodges Swallow has just fully leaned into like, he he clearly knew it was Marianne blank Logan and did not pick up on the fact that the name of the book was Marianne versus Logan because they look madly in love on this cover. <laughs> They're standing in a snow-filled park. Uh, Marianne is a vision in neon pink. So pink. <laughs> uh, she's wearing like a huge puffer jacket and a matching beret, which is a choice. Um, and Logan is wearing a very 90s green puffer jacket and they're gazing lovingly mm. into each other's eyes. And I think this is the first time we've seen Logan on any covers. Oh no, he was on the cover of Logan Likes Marianne looking like really depressed. <laughs> he's, he's turned things around on this one. Yeah, it does not reflect the tone of this book whatsoever. No. No. Well, except that if you look really closely, her smile looks kind of forced, but you have to scrutinise it. And that could be just bad painting. If we didn't yeah. know, we would not have noticed that. That's, I mean, look, we like Hodgesola's art. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not subtle. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's not given to like subtle facial expressions. Yeah. I feel like he And just... nor should you be on the cover of a middle grade pulp no. <laughs> novel series. You know, this is fine. But yeah, no, this this cover misses the point. Oh, the <laughs> the British cover is a much better summing up of what's going on here. <laughs> the, yeah, the British cover really captures their dynamic here because we've got like Logan has like just popped in fresh from the mood of the UK, of the US cover. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's like he's smiling, he's in love, he's got his hand on Marianne's shoulder. Marianne has her back to him and looks like she is thinking about every regret she has ever harbored in her life about anything yep <laughs> she's solidly resentful here it's um yeah. it's just a really good communication of whatever logan yeah um, also logan is very um 90s boy band in this he oh is. my god he's got the little puffy curtains it's amazing it's, it's, it's I, very I cool used to be so into that hairstyle you know we, we oh, all yeah. were we were culturally Never. conditioned to that was, was so that was dreamy. kryptonite. That was the hairstyle <laughs> yes. that cute boys had. Exactly. That was what a cute boy looked like. He had that hair. That was like 80% of the attractiveness. <laughs> he looks like Cam Geary. Exactly. <laughs> I can well believe that he looks exactly like Cam Geary here. Yeah, I had definitely. a coat that looked almost identical to Marianne's. I think we all had that <laughs> coat. The coats are magnificent. Uh, we will put it up on the Instagram, but they're... they're <laughs> There's so many pockets and seams and zips and flaps and everything is in contrast colours and... A terrible drawstring. These are yes. aggressively 90s. Yeah, there's a drawstring that has no business being where it is over Marianne's hips for no reason. <laughs> and another drawstring at her waist, yeah. it looks like. It's <laughs> nonsensical and very, very, very 1991. It looks like the kind of thing that like if you went over to visit your relations and it was colder than you'd expected and your aunt loaned you something that was like... Yes. It was extremely functional 15 years before. 
but also belong <laughs> to your aunt. That's what this this coat looks like. It, that yeah. is a very middle-aged coat. Logan's looks a lot cooler, but then that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All these things. Also, like <laughs> if Marianne was wearing Logan's outfit, she'd be freezing. Mm. Yes. Although for someone who is as cold as she says she was in that text, that coat is not zipped up all the way. That's true. She should do up those top buttons. Yeah. Come on, Marianne. You either have hypothermia <laughs> or you don't. <laughs> yeah, get it together. She'd look much surlier if she was in a hood, like the hood up and just, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, <laughs> a hooded figure. <laughs> they even have her wearing gloves and Logan not wearing gloves. They really paid attention to the scene here. Yeah. They did that in both covers, which is quite good. She's wearing bright, bright pink gloves. Uh, oh my God, do they match the rest of her outfit? They do. They are. Yeah, it's terrible. Wonderful. Yeah, they absolutely match. Marianne would not wear this. I'm sorry. I don't know who picked the pink. No, it actually strikes me as a very Stacy outfit. Yeah. Yes. Like the, the like matchy matchy the and the cute, yeah, the cute hat. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't the hat have been black? <laughs> like, or navy blue or like something. Something that goes with everything. Because it's a hat. Yes. It's yeah. your winter hat. It's also yeah, not yeah. very warm. Like, it's not going to keep your ears warm. Yeah, it's... No, this is not a functional outfit. I think, like, the British cover kicks the American cover's ass this week. It does. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, wins just wholeheartedly. And the art is competent yeah. also. Like, the art is less competent than Hodges, but it's it's fine. Yeah. There's nothing to complain about with it. And it does a much better job of representing this book. And also mm-hmm. what the characters would actually wear. There's no way Marianne yes. would have that, like matching pink not actually as warm yeah. as it should be Edward. yeah un- unknown UK artist uh, we salute you yeah don't okay. get too used to it <laughs> they've really upskilled since the first few books <laughs> yeah. since their GCSE they, they fired the GCSE kid <laughs> yeah and, and you know I feel bad for the GCSE kid but they're gonna have to earn their bag of crisps another way again. yeah <laughs> I was uh, going for like a um, comical suggestion that the GCSE artist had just improved over the course of doing all these covers, but I don't think that that could be sustained even as a joke. No. (laughs) I love how quite often in these episodes, um, I'll make a ludicrous suggestion um, and Aoife will be like, no, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. That's okay. No, no, it's fun. It is kind of funny though. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us have a more fantastical frame of mind than others, and that's okay. I also have a terrible habit of correcting people. It's it's one of my greatest pleasures in life, but I know it makes me an asshole. <laughs> that is all three of us. Yeah. That's why the three of us are together making a podcast with each other. It's true. It's true. We all do that. It's yeah, it's just it's funny where I've I've come up with something really stupid and you've been like, <laughs> no, no, no. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, Karen, that's perfect. <laughs> oh I I now record these like within an hour of the time I usually go to bed. Mm. I'm not good at nuance. I'm sorry. Alright, hint taken. <laughs> let's let's pick up the pace. <laughs> All right, Aoife, give us a one-sentence summary of this. Logan's being a pushy git, Marianne dumps him. Yep. yep. I mean, technically Perfect. it's two sentences. So Marianne dumps him. There we go, one. Yeah, there you go. Conjunctions. Conjunctions. I just had canon a semicolon in there. It's all good. Cool. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, shall we discuss Logan's failings, which are many? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally just rolled up my sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So um, we start with Marianne getting ready to go out and babysit Jenny Prezioso. Mm-hmm. She takes the opportunity to tell us who she is and what's going on and her family history. 
She introduces herself as saying, I have brown hair, brown eyes and a boyfriend. Yes. Um, (laughs) At which point I cracked up for the first of many times reading this. And I can't tell if Anne meant for that to sound as stupid as it does. And either way, I kind of love it. Like, these are the important facts about me. I, I feel like it's the kind of intro you use when you've just met up with someone and there's something you really want to talk to them about and you're going to like segue in a very unsubtle way about it. Yeah. Like, listen, pour the wine. I have to give out about my boyfriend now for like <laughs> 40 minutes before we can move on to anything else. Which is basically what this book is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> she immediately tells us um, that she and Logan have been having some problems. Uh, <laughs> she tells us about the fight that they had when everyone was stranded on a desert island and the fight that they had back when Tigger went missing. Yeah, she's pretty savage about his performance in the desert island book, I think, like possibly harsher than we were. She's like, (laughs) I learned that Logan can't always be counted on in a crisis. He wasn't there when I needed him the most. I thought he could put our fight aside while our friends were lost at sea, but he couldn't, (laughs) which is like, a devastating critique. A problem frequently found in relationships. I know when my friends are lost at sea. <laughs> Typical man, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, she's So she's had time to get over the trauma of the friends being missing and that whole thing. Um, and to go back to thinking about how Logan behaved during it. And she's like, you know what, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that is exactly that kind of situation where you'd be like, wait. I mean, I knew I didn't like it at the time, but I was really busy worrying about whether my friends were dead. <laughs> now that they're not. Yeah. Kind of suck, Logan. You, you can have like an emotional, I'm so happy and relieved, re- like reunion. And then like three weeks later, you're like, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still mad though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no real reason for me to stop being mad. Yeah. Apart from belief. You have made no attempt at meaningful amends. So here we are. <laughs> so yeah, she very self-awarely already at this point tells us that he's being a little pushy lately and that she wonders if she's falling out of love with him. Um, then we resume her getting ready to go to the Preciosas because yeah. all mm-hmm. of this happened while she was like modeling an outfit for Dawn. <laughs> Yep. She's on her way out and Logan phones her and I was genuinely taken aback by his dirtbag behaviour in this scene. Yeah. Because she has a babysitting job with the Preciosos and Logan asks her to blow it off and go to see a movie with him instead and to make Dawn substitute. And like, he is not just trying to inconvenience Marianne here. He is threatening the reputation of the entire babysitter's club like christy would have his guts for garters if she knew about this i was horrified because i mean fair enough he's a bad boyfriend he's 13 what 13 year old is a good boyfriend this is him being a bad babysitter i know yeah he's in the club he knows that's like christy would kill him yeah like this is not christy would kick him out of the club if marianne told her about that like this is this goes against everything these books stand for. Yes! In, everywhere else in the series, he's been established as a very responsible babysitter. Yeah. Um, which is the only reason they have anything to do with him. Like, like expecting yes. responsible babysitter, bad boyfriend in a believable way because he's 13. But no. Yeah. yeah. Like a bad babysitter. Bad babysitter. Logan. Mm-hmm. I, I know. You've made me think very differently of you, young man. Exactly. It would be... Even a little bit more understandable if Marianne had had like a prior arrangement with Dawn that he was trying to make her break or something, yeah. you know, yeah. social that yeah. wasn't like a 
a, the, a commitment to mind somebody's children, which, yeah, no, that's babysitter's agency territory. It really <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, just going to send my sister along to do my babysitting job. Like, that's going to fly. Yeah, no. like, yeah. I mean, like, gosh, if she got sick or there was a last minute actual emergency... Oh yeah, like, you they could fully yeah, send a I could I could see not- the sentence in the in the book being like, you know, I knew because it was an emergency, I would have to do it this once. But this is not how a, how how a babysitter would. Have. The client needs to <laughs> yeah. know that they're going to get who they expect. Like exactly. Do you remember when Don's dad did this? Um, yes, and we were all like, "This is outrage, this is yeah. terrible, and outrageous." But what do you expect from Don's dad? <laughs> Yes. Like, this, he's not a 13 year old. He doesn't understand these things. Yes. But we expected better from Logan, an associate member of the Babysitters Club. Like, yeah. yeah. This is unprofessional. It's just absolutely unprofessional. We are not okay with it. There may not be a charter, but if there was, he would have signed it. My daughter was also disgusted at this. Good for she her. Was, she was furious. <laughs> Good. Yes, that was really bad. Hats off to Anne for instantly establishing how much of a trash man he's going to be in this book. Like, yes, it's almost yeah. It is kind of one of the more outrageous things he does. A lot of the rest of it can be explained, I think, by um, he has slid into complacency yeah. and yeah. thinking he can take things for granted. But this is yeah, this Very is this is shocking. <laughs> so Marianne. Um, tells him that she uh, has, unlike him, a modicum of self-respect and is going to turn (laughs) up to her babysitting job like she contracted to do. So she turns up at the Preziosos and Jenny is... Oh yeah, Mrs. Prezioso is like eight and a half months pregnant at this point. And Jenny is not too keen on the idea of a new baby. So Mrs. Prezioso has openly started just bribing her by buying her a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. which Jenny is fully aware that this is what they're attempting and she's not impressed <laughs> yeah Jenny's just like oh yeah she's doing this so that she, she wants me to like the baby <laughs> wow <laughs> she, but that's exactly the line um, and yeah. Marianne is like yikes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes uh, Marianne is like had Jenny just said what I thought she had said? It sounded as if she knew she was being bribed. Mrs. P <laughs> certainly had an interesting method for dealing with sibling rivalry. <laughs> like, not to judge your parenting, Mrs. P, but this is terrible parenting. I used to judge people's parenting all the time when I was a teenage babysitter. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I fully agree with Marianne, but it's hilarious to see her being this judgy about an adult. Yeah, Mrs. P has, um, uh, like demonstrated poor parenting to be quite honest from yes. quite early on yeah. given how Jenny has turned out and Jenny is really the only um the only character in this who is like properly a gray area cuz yeah. um her behavior is often terrible like actually yeah. terrible um uh, but uh, discriminatory yeah. <laughs> on occasion but um she's also uh somebody who they have like a certain amount of time for and understanding that she's very small and yeah. um, her mom is kind of <laughs> whack. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but we can, we can fully judge the Preziosos. <laughs> yeah. So she puts Jenny to bed and Logan starts phoning her every 15 minutes uh, to chat and see what's going on. It's babysitter's agency territory. It's babysitter's mm. agency territory. He's going to want to smoke and drink alco pops in the house next. Exactly. 
We're inches from Bacardi Breezers. <laughs> exactly. There was a quote from one of our um, teachers in transition year when one of my classmates um, asked if she could eat her banana in the classroom. He said, but Laurie, if I let you do that, you'll want to smoke and drink Alcopops back there. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, Logan is like way out of line here. Um, so Marianne is having, having none of it, but he basically nags her until she agrees to go on a date with him the following night. Mm-hmm. And Marianne is not too impressed with this whole state of affairs. As she should be. As she should be. Uh, the next chapter, she reflects whether she's the world's biggest wimp and that she didn't not want to go out with Logan, but that she didn't like how he had pushed her into it. And she wonders if she has changed or if he has changed and if, like, she's getting more independent or if she's sending Logan mixed signals. Um, which, like, yeah, luckily that that doesn't come up too much because, like, yeah, the, the text is fairly clear about that, like, Logan is mostly just sucky. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think it is just that Marianne is being self-doubting as opposed to... It's it's possible that the desire, desire in her to have more independence is actually a factor that she's just yeah. getting a bit older and has, you know, yeah. responsibilities. Their dynamics has changed. Yeah. Um, although we we don't actually see him behaving in this way in previous books, so yeah, he it's no. definitely him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a bit needy in that the whole island one and everything. Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. whiny. <laughs> He hasn't, but he hasn't been bossy like this. Yes, it's it's that behavior. I actually, I recently re-listened to our episode on Dawn and um, Travis, uh, and actually some of the behavior in this that Logan shows is um, it's a retread of what Travis does in a yes. couple of places, which is yes. quite interesting. And like, yeah. what what's in the water in this town, guys? <laughs> Misogyny. Misogyny. Misogyny is in the water. Next thing he's going to be like, come on, Marianne, I need to... I need you to come to the surf shop so that we can buy a compass for my dad. (laughs) She's like, but your dad is a farmer from Kentucky. (laughs) I don't care. I just, I have an urge, Marianne. It needs to be satisfied. Now come with me to the surf shop. It's a man thing. You wouldn't understand. We're going to a shop named Carousel and I'm making you buy earrings. (laughs) Yes. All the earrings. Get more earrings. (laughs) So many earrings. The shop wasn't called Carousel, is it? It was called the merry-go-round. That was it. Yeah, close yeah, enough. Yeah, that's close enough. Anyway, so Marianne decides that when she's full of conflicting thoughts like this, the best thing to do is call her friends. But before she can call her friends, she has to tell us who her friends are. So <laughs> she does the rundown of who's in the babysitter's club. Um, She reminisces about how they started the club and how Christy's mom married Watson when they were 12 and in the seventh grade, which is somehow only one year ago (laughs) even though there have been many Halloweens since then she tells us that Christy lives in a mansion with bedrooms galore and three toaster ovens she does not mention the toaster ovens she doesn't mention them but it's implied (laughs) I skimmed this really fast because I was like Jesus this is dragging even for this chapter I never skimmed this bit and I skimmed this bit this one yeah (laughs) this was a real skimmable book yeah <laughs> did you notice um and christy doesn't need to wear a bra yet which bothers her like no it doesn't marianne yeah <laughs> just yeah. reading that christy into it has never christy said is like i'm streamlined i'm sporty i don't need a bra this is great <laughs> yes. yes breasts will only hold me back until i need them for you know 
<laughs> child rearing or whatever you do with breasts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Marianne is absolutely projecting there. Um, <laughs> yep. She also describes Bart as Christie's boyfriend, which I'm not sure if that's canon or not. They went to one Halloween hop dressed as lobsters. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that Bart and Christie have had that conversation yet. No, I don't mm. think they have. Again, Marianne is, is reading a lot into it. She is. <laughs> she, she then goes, oh yeah, anyway, you already know a little about me. And she lists a small number of things. And the last one is, and I have a Tigger named Kitten. Uh, I have a, and I have a kitten named Tigger and a boyfriend named Logan with whom I'm having some problems right now. My like, God, Marianne, again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Only chapter two. So she tells, tells us about everyone. Um, Donnie tells food and wears California casual. Uh, there's a secret passage in her house. Claudia wears clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so eccentric. Uh, Claudia likes junk food. She says, if it tastes good and is bad for you, Claudia likes it. Uh, which my daughter has annotated this with relatable. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. Narianne defends Claudia's Nancy Drew habit. Uh, then she tells us about Stacy and what diabetes is. We have more diabetes facts. Stacy is a brittle diabetic. Which Marianne doesn't know what that is, but I googled it. Thank you, because I forgot to. Is it an outdated term? <laughs> no, it's still totally a term. Um, oh, really? It means that your diabetes is like really hard to control and you have these wild blood sugar swings all the time, basically. I remember this term being used, um, but I think there's a first use of it in the, in the books. So. Yeah, I had never heard it before, but uh, hmm. WebMD was very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we hear that Stacy has been looking thin lately and feeling tired and sometimes they worry about her. Mm. And yep. it's okay because we're actually getting within reasonable spitting distance of Stacy's emergency. So this is just a normal amount of foreshadowing. <laughs> I, I actually think she might be a little bit thin and unwell after Stacy's emergency as well. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder. Oh, I imagine she will be. Yeah. Mallory's hair has been fully retconned to red. Um, yeah. Once upon a time it was brown. We did not make that up. Uh, we also hear that Mallory is quite private about her stories and drawings and they don't get to see a lot of them. That's because they're all like dumb musings about people that she actually knows and is snooping on. <laughs> yes. And or I wish I had a horse. It would be rad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did she actually phone anyone or just think about she phoned Claudia? No, she does. She, mm. she very briefly in this chapter phones Claudia and Claudia doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Claudia doesn't get a line here. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I like to imagine Marianne actually just phones Claudia monologues and Claudia just picks up a Nancy Drew book and reads it and goes, uh-huh, occasionally. She also has a huge wad of bubblegum in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real pickle. <laughs> She's like, I'm doing pastoral care right now. <laughs> Next chapter, we see the girls in a meeting. Um, there's an alarming sticky brown stain in Claudia's bed. Everyone is very freaked out. Can I just say, I actually love the transition between chapters here where um, yes. Marianne is like, she gets to the end of the explanatory chapter and she says, oh sure, we've had our arguments and fights, but we're usually there for each other through thick and thin and we're pretty understanding of each other. Turn the page, chapter three. What is that? I asked, looking horrified. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> yes. I also love that Claudia's solution to the mystery goop in her bed is to just smell it and be like, oh, it's fine. It's just melted chocolate. Yes. <laughs> this is hilarious and the most real teen girl behaviour I think we've seen in these books. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
Claudia is messy in every sense. And I love it. <laughs> it's only chocolate, she said. I hate a candy bar under the quilt. I guess it got a little warm in there. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm going to deal with this later. No, she she like pulls the quilt over the stain to hide it. <laughs> yeah. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist. It's fine. Uh, we've got some cool new vocabulary. Oh. Uh, we hear that Claudia is looking especially acute today, <gasps> uh, which means cool. Just like distant and dibble. It sounds like you misspelled cute. At the end of the book, like a cute turned up again and I fully thought it was a typo until I remembered yes. that this had been <laughs> ham-fistedly introduced early on. Yes. It was an acute teddy bear that somebody gave at the baby Yes. Store. Yes. <laughs> I was and like, what? It's not a cool teddy bear. Teddy bears are not cool. They're yeah. the opposite. They're like cozy and homey and yeah. stuff. They're not, yeah, anyway. Exactly. They're not cool. They're not concerned with being cool. It's not on their agenda. No, countercultural. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it had little sunglasses on it. <laughs> yeah. So while the meeting comes to order, Marianne inner monologues about the history of the BSC and how it's run and who does different jobs and everything. Uh, Stacy collects their dues. Um... Dawn and Stacy know the sex of Mrs. Prezioso's baby, but nobody else does. Uh, they're not allowed to tell the other members. This plot point goes nowhere. No, oh, mm-hmm. we eventually find out when the baby's born. When she has the baby, it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, yeah. It's it's really weird. Maybe it's just to signal that the Preziosos were posh enough to get like uh, an amniocentesis. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like this is it. That that was a status marker back then. Like that cost extra money. Only fancy people got those done. Oh, I I do wonder though. Actually, if um, the, I mean, I find it quite believable that two teenage girls would be like, "We know a thing." Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> yes. you know, you guys don't know about it. That's true. <laughs> oh no, the rest of them don't want to be told. Do they not? Ah, I thought it was no. They, the the others have all asked not to be told because oh. they want to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can still see people lording over them that they yes. do with thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean... And the others being like, I had the chance to find out. I don't want to know. That's what those of us who do things know. We lord it over those who don't know the things. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Man, there is a baby shower later on in this book that would fully be a gender reveal party. <laughs> <I would laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is an unusually woke meeting because we get not one but two calls from dads booking babysitters. Mm. This, I think, is a record. Yeah. We have someone called Mr. Odner, who we've never heard of before. Mr. Odner doesn't exist. He's a cameo. NPC. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I hear the king is troubled about the bandits on the edge of town. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I need to go clear out those orc caves. Um, and Mr. Preziosa calls because he's holding a surprise baby shower for Mrs. P. And he wants three babysitters to come and help out with minding Jenny and general party planning activities. This this might be where I heard of baby showers. This also might be the reason that I was really shocked when I was pregnant and reading like pregnancy subreddits. And learn that the etiquette is you only have a baby shower for the first child. What? Yeah, because the reasoning is you've hung on to all the stuff for your subsequent babies. A baby shower, you have a, a you 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 give everyone your list, and you're like, here's what I want you to buy me. Thanks. Yeah, you have a registry, and it is to get the cot and the high chair and the buggy and all that stuff. That that's I suppose 
it's a retro way of doing things, but it does make a degree of sense yeah. in the same way that, like, I, in theory, your your wedding registry, if you have one, is so that you can kit out your house because you definitely weren't already living with that person for several <laughs> yeah. years beforehand so that you knew whether you wanted to marry them or not. We have never owned a saucepan in common before. <laughs> we would never. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, hearing about baby showers was the episode of The Simpsons when Homer doesn't know Marge is pregnant and her friends throw a baby shower. And it was intensely confusing to my entire family because we had no idea what a baby shower was and kept waiting for, like, someone to spray water all over Marge or something. And, like, the whole thing was just (laughs) deeply baffling. If it's a second child or you're having a child after a gap and you kind of need some more stuff, you might throw a sprinkle. A sprinkle? Yeah, a baby sprinkle. (laughs) It's not a full shower. You're not being showered with gifts. You're being sprinkled. Just sprinkled, you know. Just, like, you know, oh... The, the high chair is extremely manky. We could do with a new one. <laughs> but the buggy is perfectly good. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's chancing your arm a bit. I could do it. Like, you know, I could do with a couple of packs of nappies and some more muslins and a few packets <laughs> of little vests. You know, that kind of thing. Cultural touchstones. There is definitely a baby shower for the second baby in Breaking Bad. <laughs> but their older child is a teenager. Yeah, no, that uh, makes they're, sense. They're, yeah. yeah. I think at that point, it's like, it's it's worn off. It's assumed that you passed everything off. <laughs> everything should be gone. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, in case you hadn't guessed, like, we don't really do them here, baby showers. No. Actually, no, you no, people do, but we all avoided it. People have started to do them, I think. Like, we attended one. They came in for a while and they were popular because we got them very belatedly through inoculation by American culture. And then they kind of started to go out again a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think a lot of people were just a bit uncomfortable with the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, there's just a lot of, like... Let's celebrate after the baby gets here. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In almost everyone I know (laughs) took that approach, I think. A a German friend of mine who I think was more just like going, how does it work over here? Was like, are you guys having a baby shower or anything? And my response was, no, I'm not American. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're, they're still seen as very American, even if you, like, if you know someone who's had one, they're... They're they're very much a novelty. Yeah, you, most in most circles, more people will have not had one than will have had one. Yeah, and they're a bit notions, lads. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like bit notions. They tend to involve the game, um, and I'm sure this is true in America as well, where you put different chocolate bars in a nappy and microwave it, and then uh, you have to try and work out what the chocolate bar was. It's disgusting, um, but also kind of funny. I have absolutely no actual, like, association disgust for that kind of thing. I would mm. just eat it and find out by taste. Like, I'll be like, this is fine. <laughs> no one has put an actual... One of them isn't real shit. Oh it's fine. No. They're all chocolate. <laughs> oh my god. It's like that game, Russian but Russian roulette. roulette. <laughs> yeah. No. Nappy roulette. No. That would be bad. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> I feel like Mrs. Prezioso would definitely not allow no. the nappy game no. at her baby shower. And it would be the poorer for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Zero no. crack. So at the weekend, uh, Marianne has the house to herself and she's decided that she wants to like get cosy. She's thinking of doing some knitting or reading in front of the fire. And she reads Wuthering Heights uh, <laughs> because she feels that this is the perfect... Uh, 
romance to read on a stormy day and she is clearly not aware of the irony that this is a book about two toxic people who ruin each other's lives. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit of, um, you know, it's a, a suggestion on behalf of Anna Martin that uh, <laughs> yes. Marianne doesn't realise. <laughs> yeah. Other readers might do. Actually, yeah. Marianne doesn't realise, but the average 11-year-old reader will definitely pick up on that subtext. <laughs> definitely do. Definitely be like, but Heathcliff is kind of problematic all the same, though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Anne is fully about making people read stuff. Yes. <laughs> Encouraging you to read above whatever your reading level is. Like, it's with Newbury Award winners and Wuthering Heights all the way down. <laughs> yeah. And maybe she foresaw that some of her readers would eventually read Wuthering Heights and be like, oh, this is that book Mary Ann was reading. Which actually was my, um, I definitely recalled this um, when we went back and had to read Wuthering Heights for school, oh my god, I work in Victorian literature and Wuthering Heights is bad. I have deliberately <laughs> requested to not have it included in a project that we did. It was like, no, no, this is going to be interminable because I had to identify every single character that appeared oh, in god. this particular thing. And I was like, <laughs> they have like three names. <laughs> They kill off half the characters at the middle of the book, right? And reintroduce another bunch of characters who are different people with the same names moved around. Yeah. Like, first of all, who does that, Brontes? <laughs> hey, this is one Bronte. One Bronte. The other Brontes didn't true. do that. They didn't. They didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and secondly, I wasn't going to do that because that was going to be... Um, Above my pay grade. (laughs) (laughs) I quite enjoy Wuthering Heights, but it's definitely not romantic. Really? Really? I I hate, I also hate the way people um, rant at each other for like multiple pages um, and nobody (laughs) interrupts them. I've realised I've gone on for quite a while now on the subject, so maybe that's erotic. At least you didn't do it in um, elaborate like Yorkshire dialect. Oh my God, I hate that so much. The Yorkshire I dialect is is one of my least. I, I normally am a big fan of I but I'm literally going. I don't know what the fuck this is supposed to actually be. You're supposed to put in one word every sentence or three to to show that there's an accent, guys. You know, don't change every Brontes. <laughs> Stop lumping hashtag not all Brontes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Branwell is innocent. Of this charge, of oh, fucking was. Cranwell was innocent is not the sentence that I was. I mean, no, was no, no. Of literary crimes. Hashtag justice for Branwell. Branwell <laughs> has been cancelled by the woke mob. <laughs> Anne is sitting there going, "I'm writing the most wholesome fucking hero, you idiot sisters." Yeah. <laughs> the book is quite dull, but her hero is very wholesome. Yes. I found the tenant of Wildfell Hall interminable for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Eyre is wildly problematic, but kind of a good read. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Jane Eyre is a really satisfying middle ground. Yes. <laughs> you know what you need to do, lads? Make sure that your your um, domineering lover is subjugated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone in this relationship is going to be subjugated and it shouldn't be you. So make sure it's your, your fella, right? And if you can become a millionaire, that'll help. <laughs> in terms of writing style, like the tent of Wildfell Hall is plodding. Mm-hmm. And um, Wuthering Heights is like all atmosphere, all <laughs> drama, no substance. Yes. Jane Eyre has a plot. Things happen. Jane Eyre has Jane a Eyre. plot and some drama and, and atmosphere. Yeah. It's like, okay, satisfying middle ground. Yeah. Some vibes, some plot. I read 
the tenant of Wildfell Hall as a teenager and was like, are they literally going to wait around for her husband to die and then get married? Is that yes. is that what they're going to do? Did we? Is that what they did? That's what they did. <laughs> That's what they did. <laughs> My feminist sensibilities were not well developed enough to appreciate this as like a wholesome ending. I was just like, this is the worst fucking book I have ever read. <laughs> anyway, yes. Marianne has zero awareness of these issues um <laughs> she just loves yorkshire eye dialect <laughs> <laughs> that's it she's swooning over heathcliff kathy and romance and emotional ma- manipulation and murder and throwing a baby off the banisters and yeah all kinds of good times and necrophilia actual and necrophilia. like oh, yeah, digging up too. a corpse yeah. to look at to see how it's getting on <laughs> and strangling a puppy like it's just (laughs) yeah Marianne should not tolerate a a problematic hero who strangles a puppy like that's that goes against everything Marianne stands for anyway it's it's, it's fine it's not a kitten yeah yeah Yeah, that's true yeah she's really a cat person (laughs) speaking of toxic men Logan turns up unannounced at the door and says surprise (laughs) speaking of eye dialect (laughs) He beats on the window and says, Marianne, I must have you. <laughs> but in a cute southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> Marianne, be buried in the tomb with my ancestors and me. <laughs> I must have you. I must have you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he doesn't do that. <laughs> but he's very annoying. He is very annoying. <laughs> so he says that... um. He knows that Marianne is free because Dawn had told him that Marianne was looking forward to her afternoon off. Dawn is a narc. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And therefore he has decided Marianne has to come out to the park and go ice skating with him. Mm -hmm. Um, My daughter has left an irate caps lock note saying, if someone says that they're looking forward to their afternoon, you don't show up and bring them somewhere. What is this logic? (laughs) (laughs) Poor girl. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Well, you check with Best? (laughs) Yeah. No, no, what you do, if you want to, after checking with them, hey, do you fancy some company? You show up with, like, some goodies, maybe some hot chocolate. Yes. Maybe a movie to watch together. And you're like, let's just snuggle on the couch and watch a movie and have hot chocolate. Although, is he, Logan still not allowed in the house without adult supervision? Oh, yeah. In case they have sex. <laughs> That's fair. No, he's not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> so, the obviously, the only other option is to go out in the cold and go ice skating so um marianne kind of feels sorry for him and they go out there's then a hilarious turn of phrase by anne because marianne is still thinking about being at home by the fire reading her book (laughs) and she says when we reached the park my body was still half at home by the fire what she means is her mind is still half at home by the fire if her body was still half at home by the fire that would be horrifying (laughs) I left a leg and an arm there. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're they're nice and toasty by now. I think I felt this very strongly as a like as a younger reader reading it. I was like, God, yeah, this would be awful. <laughs> yeah. I wanted her to enjoy her afternoon off. Yeah, quite often, you know, you you sometimes you get that that break and you're like, Yeah, I'm feeling sociable, let's do things. And then other times you're like, if anyone drags me out of my cave, I will stab them. Yeah. Including my nearest and dearest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially my nearest and dearest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's freezing. Marianne is cold and uncomfortable. Um, they go skating 
Logan says he wants to go take a turn around the ice so that everyone can see what a great couple they make, which is <laughs> frankly horrifying. <laughs> I'm not an accessory. I'm a real girl. <laughs> it's it's a really weird thing to say. Hmm. They skate around and around. Marianne gets tired. Then Logan decides they're going to crash a bunch of small children's snowman building activity and join in. Marianne starts to get hypothermia. So she refuses to make snow angels with Logan and they go get hot chocolate instead. (laughs) Emergency therapeutic hot chocolate. Yeah, it's like like if they were much older and Logan was running for mayor. (laughs) All this would make more sense. (laughs) Come on, we have to show our faces, Marianne. (laughs) Exactly. It's like he is doing this as a photo op for a completely imaginary audience. It's very, very weird. Oh my God, your baby's so cute. I know. He's, I, he's just a fast asleep little bundle. Oh, sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> I think he's cute. So yes, Logan has decided they're having basically a Hallmark movie holiday montage. <laughs> yes. And Marianne is absolutely not feeling it. So she insists eventually on going home because she's lost all the feeling in her feet. And Logan is extremely sulky about it. Mm-hmm. He is a complete jerk about this, like... It's very cold out. It's not a personal failing that she feels cold as a result. It's also kind of funny to have like, it, it's so common for like the guy to be like, oh, I don't know why you're so cold. And the girls be like, I'm dying. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's sub-zero it's like, My toes here. have no blood left in them. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, why are you cold? Or like, you know, oh. It's fine. It's physiological. Going, Men are warmer. My, 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 my teeth are chattering. I'm wearing five jumpers, please. Mm-hmm. Let's just go exercise some more and then you'll be fine because I say so. <laughs> Come on, I have to kiss some babies. <laughs> we might be in the newspaper next, you know, on Monday. Exactly. Um, so we then cut to Christy babysitting her various siblings and step-siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen Brewer is having a crisis. <laughs> Um, this is like tie-in synergy for the corresponding Little Sister book. Yes. Which is all about Karen's romantic tribulations with Ricky Torres. I remember this book very well. I owned this book and read it many times. Um, <laughs> but I, I meant to actually get it to read to just work out. But it, as I recall correctly, Karen and Ricky are due to get married and they have a fight and then they get married. Um, it is very, very strange compulsory heterosexuality. Um, that there are not. This is this book follows on from another book in which a different pair of characters get married uh, in a different one of the Karen books. I'm like, why are these kids doing this? What's what's going on here? Um, but anyway, yeah, that's what's happening in the background. Yeah. We could have worked. We could work that out anyway. Yes, and I'm assuming by get married we mean play weddings. Yes, um, it. It is. That's what they're actually doing. But Karen goes 150% into everything that she does and and (laughs) she never phrases it as anything other than a real marriage. And she refers to Ricky consistently as her husband um, (laughs) in further novels. That is canon. They are married. They have been married by a girl called Audrey on the playground. (laughs) Is Audrey a sea captain? Uh, (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) She has like a flat cap and a pipe. <laughs> she's seen some things. No, she's just a random kid in a, in a yellow dress that is very flattered to be asked to do the, to perform the wedding. We never hear about Audrey after or before. <laughs> Karen just seems to think she's, she's got the gravitas. 
like when you're like, oh, I got the loveliest celebrant from the human society. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She's called Audrey. She's seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of novel, but... <laughs> yes. I, if you if you can't legally drive a car or vote, you probably shouldn't be conducting weddings. <laughs> no. Or participating in them. <laughs> in any capacity. Well, you could be a flower girl. So Karen is feeling very upset about her tribulations with Ricky. And Christy mm-hmm. tries to give her a pep talk. And then the kids get together and make Valentine's cards for everybody. Uh, David Michael writes an aggressive Valentine's card to some guy called Blair D'Angelo, who he doesn't like. <laughs> um, I love the idea of sending an insulting Valentine to just some rando. It's so needlessly passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day went so unobserved here. <laughs> yeah, like this, the, the whole idea of making Valentine's for everyone in your class and exchanging them like with family members and stuff is fully not a thing here so like this is very exotic to us <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure like we would the around Valentine's Day that like Friday art session uh, afternoon where you did art you would like do something with love hearts on it and be like I love you ma'am yeah and give it to your ma'am mm-hmm. <laughs> but like yeah Don um or Marianne's family in the next chapter like they all give each other Valentine's cards, uh, whereas like here... That's just fucking weird. You would seriously side-eye a family that did that. Like, so strange. And also Sharon, I do think this is kind of hilarious, um, she uh, puts red food colouring in the butter so that they can have toast with pink spread on it, which is yeah, that was pretty funny. Adorable. <laughs> I used to, my mum put green uh, food colouring in mashed potatoes on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> colouring, not flavouring. It's yeah, just yeah. mashed potatoes. It's fine. Yeah, hang on. Why is pink butter okay, but not green mashed potato? Uh, I don't expect butter to be hot, properly hot when I eat it. Um, Whereas if you've actually had to really stir the potatoes up, they're going to be semi-cold by the time you get to them. You could do them on the hot. You're making mashed potato. Hmm? Yeah, put it in with the butter. You put a a drop in when you're making the mashed, when you're mashing them. Yeah. It's cream cream potato. Okay, I'll try it. I'll I'll take your word for it. Uh, I mean, like... I'm I'm fussier about potatoes than I would be about butter i think yeah there's a lot to unpack here <laughs> i'm just really concerned about your mash your cream potatoes being insufficiently mashed now i would not be the person to come to for really good mashed potatoes to be honest uh, okay. i only like i my parents used to be like you're just not irish you know you don't like potatoes i really only take into potatoes as a full-blown adult who will eat all kinds of weird stuff like That's shellfish fair. like i That's did fair. not like them at all as a child so yeah, i'm still That's okay no, that's understandable. <laughs> anyway, I will not ever try to make you eat food dyed potatoes. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, I haven't done that since I was 10 also, but you know. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I, I'm going to say this because I know she doesn't listen. My mother is canonically very Irish. She's like, she's fully from the country and everything. And she loves potatoes and she makes upsetting mashed potatoes. <laughs> there. No. Yeah. They're they're bad. They they make me sad. Uh, That's a pity. Me and your mom should have like a mashed potato off at some point <laughs> to see who makes who makes the worst. worst mash. I make really good mashed potatoes. The secret mm. is put in so much butter you're kind of ashamed and frightened to tell anybody how much butter is in there. Yes, definitely. Like that is how you make them good. It's funny how also, many recipes that's mash the trick. them all the way through. <laughs> Cholesterol. Yeah, mash them really well, but mostly it's like 
you don't want to know how much fucking butter is in there do not ask that's how you make them good yes. lay on the delicious cheese <laughs> exactly hey we talked about vegetables and we didn't drift into parsnips i'm so proud of us we've grown as podcasters <laughs> we can talk about parsnips if you want to talk about parsnips no we're not talking about parsnips <laughs> i forbid it i also didn't talk about like like fake eating solids so you know i do really well <laughs> My only note on this chapter is um, the reason that Christy is babysitting is that everyone is out because Watson and Elizabeth are shopping. Charlie went off somewhere in the junk bucket, (laughs) his car, uh, presumably to meet the dealer. And Sam headed for school to attend a special meeting, possibly on drugs. Um, You know, this would would all make sense. Um, But uh, Christy's grandmother is not there because she's been picked up by some friends who are taking her to the movies. And I was like, really they're carpooling why are they doing that I'm like is it movies or is it margaritas or both are they drinking a nagging you know, the sneaky nagging in their handbags <laughs> <laughs> some poor a teenage like attendant at the movie theater is like has been told to go and like turf the grannies out of the back row because they're being distractible <laughs> and loud again yes <laughs> or is it more like when i was when I used to be a youngster and going uh to the cinema on parnell street and the woolshed was right beside it and they had pictures of cocktails yes like i watched mean girls so buzzed <laughs> like it was probably the best way to watch it oh man you were like old enough to be buzzed at mean girls mean girls is so long ago <laughs> I'm 40. I think we were old enough to be buzzed at Mean Girls. Yeah. We just maybe happened not we to be. We were just at the cusp of not being teenagers anymore. Um, I went to see Mean Girls with Joey and he drove me to the cinema. So, Oh, wow. We were definitely <laughs> old enough to, to be buzzed. 2004, I, I was yeah, okay, yeah. Fair. F- fully in, I was 21, guys. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm 40 in March. <laughs> We'll have to change the tagline of the episode of the, the podcast because yes. I'm 40. We will no longer March. be three thirty something women. <laughs> we'll just yeah. have to be three middle-aged women. Oh, no. Oh, no. So no, no, look. Charlotte Bronte, who we've previously thought of as a very balanced Bronte as Brontes go, mm-hmm. she described 37 <laughs> as somewhere between youth and middle age. Hmm. Oh, that's a good phrase. Yeah. Okay. Considering how okay. young they all died back then. Three women somewhere between youth and middle age. Discuss the babysitters. <laughs> I'm not sure that'll fit in a Twitter bio. Three women who were old enough to be legally drunk watching Mean Girls. Oh God, we could technically now go three Irish mammies watch them. That will give the wrong vibe altogether. Yeah, that is not the vibe here. <laughs> what are these girls doing? We should do a special Mother's Day episode where our three mothers host the episode. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. Huh. My parents don't know what a podcast is, okay? I had to explain <laughs> it to them. I'd be like, it's like a radio show, but you just record it yourself and you put it on the internet. No, they can be about anything. No, anything. No, anything. No, dad. They can just, yes, there are podcasts about anything. <laughs> our three dads would be dynamite. <laughs> Oh yes. my god. <laughs> I I don't think you could persuade my dad to do this for love nor money, but he would be so funny. My dad would give it a go. He'd be hilarious. <laughs> my dad would take it so seriously. My dad would come with extensive notes. <laughs> the contrast would be so funny. <laughs> if you guys think we do too much background reading of like Wikipedia for demographics and stuff like that, <laughs> you haven't met my dad. <laughs> my dad would just resent this like he would just be he hates technology and he would just be like why am i here and not the pub (laughs) 
It would take a few go uh, go throughs, I think. I've been uh, re-listening to our first couple of episodes, and we take a little while to get into it. Yeah, <laughs> I was do. like, wow, actually, we're much better now. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't terrible, but yeah, yeah, we've definitely anyway. improved. <laughs> so anyway, the kids make Valentine cards. Um, Christy. Christy has hilariously just fully internalized Watson's like dadly wisdom thing because <laughs> yes. her advice to Karen is, you know what? These things have a way of resolving themselves. And Karen's like, what? <laughs> she says, I mean, they have a way of working themselves out, which is absolutely what Watson would say were he here. <laughs> yeah. Watson with his infinite dadly wisdom would understand that perhaps the relationship that you get into at seven is not going to be the defining one of your life. Yes, this is a very polite way of expressing that. Yeah. There's no point telling her that in the moment. No. So. There's no point telling anyone that ever at any point in their life. No. No. <laughs> I also inwardly howled at the resolution of this chapter, which is Christy offers to read Karen a book to cheer her up. And Karen goes <laughs> and gets a picture book called The Dead Bird. <laughs> <laughs> which absolutely exists it's by um margaret wise brown the author of uh good night moon and it's fully about a dead bird <laughs> nice <sighs> it's apparently a touching meditation on grief and loss but the idea of like karen choosing this as her comfort read because she's having relationship problems is beautiful mid 20th century kids books were i like I, i'm just saying i can see why like Eric Carle and Dr. Seuss took off in a big fucking way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I also like David Michael going, bullfrogs! And he's told yes. no something. Yes. I also like Andrew putting glitter in his hair to make him look like a punk rocker. That was very cute. <laughs> yes. So punk. So, next chapter, um, Marianne has gone on a date with Logan. Uh, she has told everyone that she'll be home around 11. She gets home at 10 to 9 uh, because it has gone bad because Logan has gone full Travis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, he's not grooming anyone, but he's gone full pain in the ass douchebag guy. Mm -hmm. They went out for dinner at a cafe and Logan randomly decides to order for Marianne. Mm. And unlike Travis... Uh, who, to give him his due, did order something that Don actually wanted to eat. Uh, Logan has completely, like, misanticipated what Marianne wants to eat, but she's too embarrassed to, like, call the waiter back and rectify this. So they eat a frosty, silent dinner together. And it's excruciating. <laughs> why, why would you order for someone? What makes you think that that's okay? I mean, maybe if they order the same thing every time. That's the only time. Even so. I think you'd even still be like, Oh, Marianne, is it going to be a cheeseburger and a milkshake? Same as usual. Yeah. I think, to be honest, Logan saw this in a movie and has decided this is what a cool grown-up man does. Logan yeah. Logan hasn't heard of Don Draper, but he's trying to be Don Draper, basically. He's like, <laughs> no, that's fair. This is how to be a man. And <laughs> it sucks. And as for the as for that, you're right, because I just realised, Karen, I order always order the same thing at McDonald's mm -hmm. and Rick always goes... Six chicken nugget medium meal with coke, and I'm like, yes. He checks. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> Maybe today is going to be the day I have a filet fish. It's probably not. Okay. That's a very occasionally. <laughs> I have the like. My mother used to order that sometimes. My, yeah, my folks as well. Like, who eats that? <laughs> I don't have my mother and your folks. My dad as well, actually. <laughs> it's a boomer meal. 
Boomer thing, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's people who don't want to be in fucking McDonald's, but their children are insisting on eating there. It's- and it's the, the 80s or 90s. <laughs> Can you still get them? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen one in about 20 <laughs> years since I stopped going to McDonald's with my dad after synagogue. If I went to McDonald's every day for a year, I probably wouldn't think to order a filet of fish. I'm a no. Big Mac kind of person. I'd have the salads before I even thought about yeah. fish. <laughs> just give me a, just all your desserts at once. <laughs> not where you go to get your fish needs met. Like they, no chippers exist. Also, like they definitely used to do small red cartons of milk because my mother would yes. order milk. Yes, yes, I remember that. I used to get that sometimes as well when yeah. I was a small child and used to drink milk as a beverage, which is those days are long gone. <laughs> yeah, that is like repugnant to you now. <laughs> Also, um, for any American listeners, really important public service announcement. The deep fried McDonald's apple pies are standard here. So if you miss those, you should like <laughs> visit. Get, get a plane. Get in a plane. Uh, well, to be honest, most places. We have a visa waiver. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would do it except for the paperwork. That's the obstacle. <laughs> I mean, there's still paperwork. Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Or you can go to Jollibee, which exists in the States and has a peach version, which I'm desperate to try, to be quite honest, because I'm addicted to those apple pies. Anyway, <laughs> enough McDonald's talk. We didn't have vegetables. <laughs> we had fast food instead. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, they have a unpleasant cheeseburger dinner and then they argue about what movies to go see. Um Logan is all psyched up to go see Halloween part three. Um, And Marianne, who fully was really into Stephen King previously and Mm. seemed to be like very like cognizant of the horror genre, is afraid to go see Halloween part three and wants to go see the music man instead. Um, I believe, Karen, you have opinions on the music man. (laughs) Yeah, this would be a toss up for me. Um, It really depends how gross... Like, so I don't like gore, but I will happily watch stuff with jump scares and what have you. Um, The Music Man, I was forced to participate in a couple of times. <laughs> Back when I was in a band that various musical societies used to be like, oh, hey, you guys could be the band at the end of The Music Man. Um, there is... So shout out to the Rush Musical Society that put on a decent version of the music man but the other one who I will not name Rush has some of the best amateur theatre it's very good Ireland. considering this town has like one road and maybe a post office they're like they're great for the Amdrams but like no that the other place was it was very bad and they made us wear a very unflattering uniform for the Patreon what town was it? it was okay um, <laughs> we had to march up the side of a stage <laughs> This was this was good fun actually. Um, very playing very badly because we were not a marching band, and that's a specific <laughs> skill. Um, but uh, there was <laughs> the tuba player could not see where he was going, um, <laughs> and marched up onto the stage. Um, and managed to make it all the way there. But the lamp post, which was I believe cardboard, did not survive the experience. <laughs> Um, and also, Rush was very nice to us backstage. They were like, oh, you're a bad cuckoo. Um, we're fucking snooty. <laughs> Sorry, the other... 
<laughs> the other unnamed musical society were not polite to us. They were very like, oh, you're just the band. We're not going to talk to you. And I was like, hello, <laughs> we are bailing you out of your lack of talent here. So yeah, I don't... Um, that they also with the band in a musical that's an important role they come in at the very end of the musical where it's like oh all of a sudden we have learned how to play music <laughs> through the magic of wishful thinking um, <laughs> i'm sorry it's that's also, how music works for sure it is a really really fucking stupid and annoying plot held together <laughs> by a handful of passable and one very good song <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can just leave that as my summary if you really need to cut, <laughs> cut stuff out. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I don't have good, I don't have fond memories of the music man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I got to this in the book, I was like, oh, Karen's going to be pissed. <laughs> so hilariously, they can't agree on which movie to go to. Apparently there's only two movies showing in town and <laughs> it has to be this or that. And... So Logan then humiliatingly has to go to the payphone and phone his parents and ask them to come get him and Marianne and drop them home, Ooh, which I yep. felt physically Ooh. the embarrassment <laughs> and awkwardness of everything about this. Uh, he does then have to explain to them why they're <laughs> they have to come and um, have the, the teenagers seething in the back seat. <laughs> I know, like how did he and. It, it later becomes clear he has not really looped his parents in on what's going on. So like, how did he cover for all of this? Was he just like, oh, Marianne had female trouble or something? <laughs> That's plausible. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she's mad at me because female trouble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I track. don't think Logan knows about female trouble. No. <laughs> I- I'm the female trouble. <laughs> I mean, the reason he doesn't go to meetings is so that he doesn't have to learn about things like female trouble. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So when Marianne gets home, um, only her dad is there and he calls her in for a talk and she's too pissed off to even get alarmed when he wants to have a talk with her because she's still so busy being mad at Logan. But um, he says that he thinks she and Logan are spending too much time together and they need to cool things off a bit. And Marianne is like, Great. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> and Richard's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not how I thought this would go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she later talks this over with Dawn and says that she's not really feeling happy in the relationship and she feels like she's kind of losing her identity. Mm-hmm. And Dawn is like, what? But you have to get married and have children. Um, Marianne like sternly talks some sense into her and is like I'm only 13 what the hell (laughs) what's wrong with you Dawn yes I know we've been 13 for several years at this point but I'm still not ready for marriage (laughs) so she rings um, she rings Logan and something that I found really interesting about this scene is that even though she's on the face of it calling because her dad said they had to cool things off, mm-hmm. she does not actually mention that to Logan at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does not say that she's been told she has to do this. She's just like, actually, I want to take a break. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Which yeah. is psychologically well, complex. She wanted to take the break um, and her dad just kind of came in and spontaneously backed her up at an opportune moment. Otherwise, she would have fought with him instead of being like, no, you're kind of right there, actually, yes. (laughs) No, absolutely. I just find it funny that, like, she's already stopped pretending that this is something her dad is making her do. 
Yeah, he would have been a very good pretext. Exactly. She could have said, oh, you know, my dad, you know, parents, my mom is dead and my dad growing up felt he had to be extra strict. And I told you about the braids, right? Um, (laughs) And Logan's like, yeah, sure. No, no, no. Sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But like, she did not bother playing that card at all, which I liked. No, it was actually, she's really, um, no, this was like a really adult yeah of her she's very clear she's like you're taking over and you plan everything and you always want to hang out and i feel like you don't understand me very well um yeah and then Mm. she like tells him they'll pick things up again in a few weeks Mm -hmm. then she hangs up and cries because she's still marianne yeah she says all the key things here yes it's another one of these cases where the point of view character is very sensible in their own book and then is a, <laughs> some brand of awful in other people's books when they're needed to be a <laughs> yeah an antagonist yeah i'd love to get a dawn pov on this actually what marianne did was like phone up scream hysterically at logan incoherently <laughs> babble something about cheeseburgers and hang up <laughs> yeah that would explain actually a lot of <laughs> <laughs> the subsequent part of the book. Um, speaking of Dawn, though, I can't yeah. laugh. I'm gonna wake the baby. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh my god, you can't see how adorable he is right now. Look at that very, little cheek. Very oh. is how adorable. <laughs> okay. Um, Marianne has the conversation with Richard, in which Richard is pretty good and helpful, and kind of expresses things in terms of facts. Yeah. And then she goes and talks to Dawn, who is yeah. terrible <laughs> in this conversation. I think Dawn would. Have- be able to relate to this a little somewhat? Dawn, no. first of all, is like, no, you can't break up with him because that will change my worldview. <laughs> yes. I can't yeah. have that. Um, and then... Though, haven't we all felt that? Oh, though? Yes. Haven't we all been I like, know. oh, but I shipped that really hard. That's, that ruins the plot now. Yeah. About our friends. Yeah. And their real lives. <laughs> that That's fair. But like, adulthood is just suppressing that okay (laughs) yeah yeah and she is not there yet she's not she's not there yet but also she then switches in the middle of this conversation right where marianne gets more detailed about why she wants to break up with logan or why she Mm -hmm. wants to have separation from logan um (laughs) about how basically he's taking over her life yeah um and uh i feel like i'm not marianne anymore i'm not whole logan took part of me did he take part of you or did you let him take part of you? Dawn asked wisely. She is so smart. Yeah, fuck you, Dawn. Yeah, fuck off, Dawn. <laughs> okay, right. So, um, Dawn, how is that helpful? Like, what difference does that make? And how many boyfriends have you had, Dawn? Oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but if I was Marianne, I might bring that up right right now where she's just like, well, let me tell you what you did wrong here, Marianne. <laughs> Yeah, Marianne can be very nasty on occasion, but she she does not say a lot of savage things that she could say at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dawn is, that's quite victim blamey here. Yes. Um, yeah. Fully. I think there is a rationale for saying that at a few points, Marianne probably should push back a little bit against the bossiness. Um, yeah. Because what really happens is Marianne goes along with it for a long time and then explodes because she will cut a bitch. Yeah. You know? Um, but... She she's working her way through it and that's understandable and fair that she doesn't quite realise until she's been pushed past she, until she's been pushed over that line she doesn't realise that the line is there. Not so yeah. yeah. As Dawn is just like have you considered this is your fault? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Which funny enough is what Marianne did in the last book. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. So next morning at school Marianne is 
hanging around at her locker and wondering if she's going to see Logan, but he strides past and just ignores her. And they sort of do some awkward avoiding eye contact in class. Um, Then she goes to lunch with the girls and she says that Logan has been lately always eating lunch with them. Uh, He would move as close to me as he could get without actually sitting in my food. (laughs) Sometimes he would feed me tidbits of his lunch, which was romantic, but embarrassing. Oh my God. I died a little inside at that image. Oh my God. (laughs) And then Christy, when Logan fails to turn up today, Christy is like, where's Logan? Shouldn't he be in your lap? Which was (laughs) savage, but pretty funny. (laughs) I'm actually trying to imagine being like supervising lunch or whatever (laughs) and seeing this happening and just getting sick in your mouth a little. Yeah. (laughs) I, at one point, it happened that I had a boyfriend in the school at the, like, when I was, we were 16, um, and one of the popular girls in the class turned to me um, at one point and was like, oh, your fellow was here looking for you. And I was like, oh my God, I've kind of half died. (laughs) Somebody actually (laughs) saying this (laughs) to me. I'm sort of kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was. Um, And also I was like, I'm I'm extremely embarrassed that this whole scenario arose. I'm very conflicted about the whole thing. (laughs) I think adolescence is just like 80% not knowing what you're actually supposed to be feeling about anything in Mm -hmm. any given moment. Yes. And trying to enact the correct. (laughs) Yeah. Emotion. And do you know what doesn't help? Being in an Irish school when you've read a fuck ton of American books. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And being like, I'm 13. Should I not have met my future husband yet? <laughs> yes. This is how you wound up going out with a gay guy for like six months. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I, I love that relationship. And your 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 cookie baking wholesomeness was great. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there was not a lot of erotic passion (laughs) (laughs) there should not be erotic passion at 13 (laughs) no there definitely shouldn't so like (laughs) (laughs) feeding someone tidbits in the in the school canteen is is no no gross (laughs) especially given how they describe the food yeah i would rather have a boyfriend who was secretly gay than a boyfriend who hand fed me in the canteen (laughs) (laughs) yes like Eva says there, the food is so bad. Here, darling, have some glop. <laughs> That's true. The food is like unmist- un- unidentifiable lumps of goo. Have a mysterious brown substance. Yeah. <laughs> you sensuously fed me something yellow. <laughs> oh, Jude, it was somehow slimy yet crunchy at the same time. <laughs> hey, this reminds me of that dead squirrel, said Christy. <laughs> Christy is just there, like, determined that there will be no romance at the business table. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Christy here. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Christy's job is presumably uh, the same as, um... The nuns. We're going to call out Karen's uh, husband here. When Rick and I had our first kiss, he had no idea it was our first kiss. And he interrupted it by yelling, Lick it! Which was some sort of catchphrase that the friend group were saying at that point in time it was fair he had no idea it was her first kiss and he made it real memorable if you need clarification on that i have a video of it there we go 
I mean, it was taken on a potato phone. Uh, so Yes, it was. Yeah, it's very chaotic. I've, I've watched it multiple times and I still couldn't tell you what's happening in it. <laughs> yes. And everyone was very drunk, which doesn't help you operate a potato phone. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But like, I, I will always remember very fondly <laughs> that time our first kiss was interrupted by Karen's now husband saying, lick it. <laughs> yeah, Christy would be right there with him, I think. Yeah, that's Christy's job. She was yeah. with us in spirit. So yeah, we get various scenes of Marianne and Logan awkwardly semi-interacting and uh, not really having conversations. And Marianne is like, I know this break is the right thing to do, but I'm also going to mope a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, next chapter, um, Mallory goes around to babysit Jenny Prezioso. Mm. And Jenny has been bought more bribery presents. Uh, she has got something called a letters and numbers learning machine. <laughs> Um, because she's a big girl and she has to learn hard things because she can, she's going to be going to school soon. And she's got a workbook and a doll. This is just not how you do it. No. And I don't know how you do it. And I have done it. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, I had a, a, a three-year-old at the time that my second child was born. Um, and he resolutely did not believe me when I told him there was going to be another baby. Like on many, oh, no. many occasions. Um, and I kind of explained to him about how the baby was in my tummy and everything like that. And he um he would lift up his own like t-shirt and be kind of confusedly looking at his tummy. I'm like, no, not yours, mine. <laughs> and then when the baby arrived home, he was like, Oh, that's what he meant. Oh bless. He was into him pretty pretty quickly, I think. He was very confused, but like, okay, yeah, there's a baby here now. There's always been a baby. <laughs> there was always already a baby. <laughs> so you're saying you didn't buy him a bunch of stuff? We probably did. Um but I I think I feel like Jenny in this is very um she has cottoned on to it. She says in the first uh, yeah. chapter that um, mom really wants me to like this baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, once your child has recognised that, stop buying them stuff. You're only so. like wasting your money. <laughs> yes. So um, Jenny shows Mallory the nursery, which is delightfully of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very coordinated. It's got yellow and white decor. There is a wallpaper freeze with ducks and lambs, which is just the Cute. most like turn up the 90s thing and I kind of love it retro there's things in the cot that are verboten now yes <laughs> remove those from the cot before we put the baby in it yes <laughs> all of us very anxious about this point. there should be nothing yeah. in the cot except the baby a mattress and a cellular blanket yes <laughs> or a grow bag or a grow bag although grow bags make me think I call them sleep sacks because grow bag makes me think about plants tomatoes yes <laughs> I, I kind of like it for that reason because it makes me think that if I put the baby in there then it'll grow real big overnight. <laughs> I don't want this child to get any bigger. I can't. <laughs> Isn't the Welsh word for children um, a borrowing from Latin, from the Latin word for plants? Oh, I remember so hearing that. I don't know, but I hope so. I hope that's true. I, I heard that at some point in either Celtic Civ or Linguistics and it was like, sometimes people borrow words from other languages for for shits and giggles apparently because of this like particular thing they obviously had a word for children but now <laughs> they're like oh my plants you know that's it's super cute that that's reminds adorable. me of one time um my parents when we were teenagers my my mom came home from a trip to wexford and she got out of the car and she went oh my 
babies and she stepped right past my brother and me to her plants. <laughs> oh my god. Out. <laughs> to be fair, we were very cynical teenagers and we just broke our holes laughing. <laughs> That's amazing. So Jenny has been put through a grueling process of childcare training. I think um, Yeah, what the fuck? Mrs. Prezioso <laughs> has been to a few too many antenatal classes and has passed on everything she's learned. She makes Jenny practice every day putting a nappy on the baby, giving it a bottle and burping it. Um, which Why? Jenny dutifully does and then like yeets the baby through a doorway as she doesn't have to do something else which I held at. Why would you do that? The, the, the four-year-old is not going to be doing any of those things on a live infant. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like she had a vague idea of if you practice bonding with the baby, it'll help prepare you to bond for real and then just wildly like over extrapolated that to like if you practice the most grueling task the most grueling thankless tasks of childcare, they'll grow to love each other <laughs> that'll make you like the real baby like this this is nonsense like mrs prezioso is weird and bad she is i was given a baby doll when i went to the hospital to meet my baby sister for the first time and there's a I'm sorry, it was an excruciatingly adorable picture of me and my mom both like cuddling our babies Aww. in the bed at the same time. And I fully took that in the spirit which it was intended. I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like that thing you do to teenagers where you give them a, an egg <laughs> or these days a robot baby <laughs> that you yeah. have to care for, that you can fail at caring for. It was like, now you are four and you have a sibling. <laughs> Life will be harsh. <laughs> I know, right? I bet you regret the life choices that led you to this point. I mean, you fucking do. Yes, to have parents who wanted a sibling for you. <laughs> I don't think I regretted having a brother until he like grew old enough to bully me. I was four when he was born. Um, he started to bully me pretty early, like 10, 11 months. But, uh, <laughs> like, wow, I, I quite liked having a baby and nobody had to train me. I just was sort of vaguely interested. Yeah. So, you know, I would just stand there and watch and hand them the wet wipes and help. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like a normal four-year-old can be expected to do. Nobody ex trained me on putting nappies on. Yeah. yeah, Mrs. Precioso is weirdly, wildly overthinking this. Mm. And also simultaneously massively underthinking it. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about this for more than four seconds, you realise it's stupid. Yes. <laughs> That you, I, I don't think Mrs. Prezioso is known for listening to her child. No. Um, there that. is a definite sense that she has foisted her views on Jenny from the moment that Jenny was born. <laughs> yeah, I think foisting is kind of her signature move. <laughs> she, she's a foister. Um, yeah, Mallory tries to give uh, Jenny a pep talk about sibling life. And says, you know, I have seven brothers and sisters. And Jenny very sincerely is like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> We've all felt that way for Mallory at times. We have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mallory tries to bring Jenny around to the idea of being a sibling, but she's really not feeling it. And mm -hmm. Mallory reflects on the fact that this will be very hard on Jenny. Um... <laughs> the next day we have another great uh, chapter opening. Uh, Marianne, you look... Christy started to say something, but thought better of it. For once, she controlled her big mouth. I had a pretty good idea how I looked, though. Awful. 
Uh, Marianne then describes herself as looking like her own evil twin, which is an amazing piece of description. It's such a good line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she has been crying so hard. Um, yeah, she she has undergone a bad transformation here. <laughs> um, it, it suggests that she has a bit of a sense of humour about it to describe herself like that. Which is something that Marianne does not always demonstrate. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it's, it's quite nice to see her like joking about this. Hmm. And also Christy, like, for once not saying a terrible thing. <laughs> so, yeah, they're at a meeting and Marianne breaks the news that uh, she and Logan are taking some time apart. She waits for everyone to be there so she doesn't have to tell the story five times, which is, yeah, that makes sense, but also allows maximum drama. Of course. I think the whole thing, there are, like, sensible emotional decisions being made, um, but also the drama is being maximised. Of course. Throughout this. You know, it has that. to be. Yeah. Silver linings, you know. <laughs> I mean, especially when you're, like, young and it's the first time you're going, you and your friends are going through it, yeah. all that relationship up and downs mm-hmm. are, like, utterly fascinating. Yeah. I've got a breakup to show you guys. Yeah, exactly. D- d- have, going through the display of having a breakup is part of, is the, the silver lining to yes, <laughs> having exactly. to have the breakup. There's yes. a performance element. Yes. <laughs> so Jessie is very upset because she too thought they would stay together forever and get married. Mom and dad. And then everybody talks <laughs> yeah. about breakups they have experienced with their rando holiday romance guys such as when <laughs> Stacy was in love with Scott and it turned out he had a girlfriend and they were never together at all Stacy that's not the same thing whatsoever yes um, <laughs> he was using her for sandwiches Stacy <laughs> yeah and Claudia mentions three different occasions on which she fell in love and had to split up with the guy and in the last so she said I fell in love with Will at camp and then we had to leave each other when camp was over and then I fell in love with Terry in California and we had to separate and then on the next page then Claudia continued I fell in love when we were on the cruise through the Bahamas I'm like what was that guy's name Claude do you remember it was Parker Claudia do you remember Parker <laughs> I don't think Claudia remembers who Parker was, but she knows that it happened, okay? Yes. That's really important still. She felt very deeply. And then she's like, how come we always fall in love when we're out of town and the relationship can't last? Because it's a super special and we need extra drama, Claudia. And also because your standards are lower when you're on holiday because you don't have to have them hanging around the whole time. Yes. And you haven't known these guys since you were five, so you don't know all their flaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you might break up with them sooner. Also, the whole chapter smacks a little bit of, um, yeah, it's grand because I'll have loads of loads of other examples to describe. And then the author went back through the books and was like, oh God, so many of these are Claudia. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia's just going to be monologuing for half an hour and Christy's there like just checking her nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they're sort of doing a clip show. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's hilarious because it's mostly Claudia clips. In in real life, this would be like, Claudia, just dial it back a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. All right, we get it. You've dated a lot. Go you. <laughs> like, we, we can't hang around for 45 minutes while you list all your exes, okay? <laughs> then they get a call from Karen Brewer, who wants to hire a babysitter for her soft toys in case they're lonely. <laughs> And she offers them the princely sum of 15 cents an hour, um, which is like, has nothing to do with the plot of the rest of the book, but is adorable. It's very cute, but that's 
triangle shirt raced shirt race factory wages right there so uh, <laughs> yes. well, you know karen comes from money and <laughs> karen let's talk about unions okay <laughs> There isn't a union, but I guess the Babysitter's Club is kind of a union. So. Yeah. If you offer these kind of wages, we're going to form a union. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the same as the club. Also, I imagine they won't be locked into Watson's house. Like, <laughs> No. I assume Watson's house has a fire exit. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any radioactive materials involved, hopefully. Unless the soft toys have cool glow-in-the-dark features made of radium paint. <laughs> it's the 80s. I think they had non-radioactive ways of doing it by the 80s. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so for all our sakes. Yeah. <laughs> Who's remembering their ceiling stars? Yep. <laughs> oh, we still have those. <laughs> Are we not supposed to have those? I presume we're they're not assuming they're not radioactive, <laughs> we hope. Yeah. Hopefully. Unless they were the ones from the pound shop. <laughs> uh, I can't guarantee that they weren't. <laughs> then they talk about Jenny Prezioso and in a in a belated attempt to tell us that this is the themes of the novel, <laughs> um, Marianne reflects that Jenny is anticipating a separation from her parents when the baby comes. <laughs> and that's just like Marianne being separated from Logan, if you think about it. I like this degree of verisimilitude where it's like, oh, we've got these two, we've got A and B plot and they're related to each other, but they're actually not. They're just people's lives happening. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> um, they, they're not related. People's lives happening. I'm so self-absorbed teenagers really stretching to connect them because <laughs> yeah. they're self-absorbed. Jenny's pain reminds me, more importantly, of my pain. <laughs> that, that, yes. That. Then Logan calls um, saying that he needs to hire Marianne to babysit on Valentine's Day uh, because his siblings miss her and they've specifically requested her as a babysitter and he's going out. Marianne is appalled at the idea that he's going out on a hot date on Valentine's Day, but she decides that as a professional businesswoman, she can't let her emotions get in the way of her job. So she agrees to take on the babysitting job. I love every part of this. Yes. Genuinely. Yes. <laughs> the setup for this is so fun. <laughs> As a professional businesswoman, I shouldn't... That's a direct quote. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to do it. The best part of all these books is where the babysitters are like, I am a professional businesswoman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's adorable. Mm -hmm. It is. I remember taking it so seriously when I was reading them. Being like, yes, these mature, older, young women yeah. are absolutely professional businesswomen. Yes. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm like, oh my God. God, you're a child. You're an infant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I fully took this at face value. I was like, she says she's a professional businesswoman. She does jobs. She gets paid. She has a boyfriend. She's basically a grown-up. Like, yeah, I fully accept her version of this. Um, and today we gave our 13-year-old neighbour a lift to a birthday party and it was just like, oh, she's so little and cute. <laughs> How many grown-ups do you know sorry how many adults do you know that are like at their best when they're being professional and are absolute like threadbare messes underneath it does that include myself or everyone <laughs> most yeah. most people you know um it's just we can hold it together for a paycheck you're just faking it till you till you make it but also not just necessarily for a paycheck like just also the way you relate to all these people that you know, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's nice when people can be professional. <laughs> <laughs> it it really helps. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, we all pretend to be normal and polite and not hate each other and our lives. Yeah. <laughs> and these girls are learning that lesson young. So, yeah. We, we respect them for that. Marianne immediately starts headcanoning what Logan's hot new girlfriend looks like. I love this so much. This is it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> so she decides that she is tall and blonde and not shy and not self-assured. Or sorry, tall and blonde and not shy and she is self-assured. Uh, her name is Olivia. She's extremely smart. <laughs> She's getting started in a promising singing career. Sometime Logan would go to the sound studios with her. One day he would be discovered at the studios. He is awfully handsome. Then he would become an actor and after college he and Olivia would go to Hollywood and make it big. <laughs> she goes so far down this track. It's like, wow, they're not in Stony Brook Middle School anymore. Um, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. She keeps on going. Yes, she keeps going. <laughs> so she's babysitting Jenny and is completely checked out. Jenny is being a pain in the ass. And has regressed to being a baby. Um, and Marianne is like crankily refusing to put a nappy on Jenny. Yes. Uh, which is 100% the right call here. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marianne is picturing Logan and Olivia and their glamorous Hollywood lifestyle. <laughs> they were living in a mansion. They had a swimming pool and maybe a tennis court. Once or twice a month, Olivia would throw a huge gala party for their glamorous friends. And Logan would often say to her, What a wonderful hostess you are, dear. Marianne could never have done anything like this. I have that highlighted too. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. Are they still 13? <laughs> or, or are they like 30 and Logan is still comparing her to his <laughs> middle school girl. girlfriend? He's like, you know who sucked though? The girlfriend I had when I was 13. If he's still doing that, then Marianne has won. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The mansion and the tennis courts are for naught. <laughs> She's living in his head rent free. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> For 20 years. <laughs> this is the best flight of fancy in these books. Yes. <laughs> so she is like fully engaged in this and then um, is drawn back to reality by the sound of Jenny trashing the baby's nursery. <laughs> um, and she like lays down some harsh truths and is like, this baby is coming whether you like it or not and whether you mess up the room or not. There are going to be some things in life that you can't change. Then she realises that she sounds like her father. <laughs> she opened her mouth and her dad came out. <laughs> Happens to us all. She, she takes a leaf out of Stacy's book and decides to like lean into Jenny's obnoxious behaviour and decides to treat her as a baby. So... She puts her in the high chair and starts to heat up a bottle for her and says that babies mm -hmm. can only drink warm milk. And Jenny's like, ugh. And they can eat dry Cheerios, but they don't get Oreos. <laughs> yeah, Jenny is disgusted. I'm with Jenny. Um, and then she goes to put her to bed at like very early times that you would put a baby to bed. <laughs> and it totally works. And Jenny snaps out of it and realizes that she wants TV and junk food. And to stay up till like nine. <laughs> I like this because um, we actually get a sequence of babysitters, different babysitters working with Jenny across the course of the book. Yeah. Quite often in these books, there would be a problem that a babysitter would find a solution for and it would take like one or two episodes and then it was, bam, the child was reformed. Yeah. Um, and it's much more realistic for Jenny to have to come to, she has to have several people explain the baby thing to her. Yes. It's a process. And it doesn't necessarily take all at once. So, yeah. 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 yeah the, none of the babysitters has a single breakthrough here. Yes. Yeah. But 
yeah, the Stacy reverse psychology like works great in this instance. Yes. <laughs> get Jenny to stop being annoying. As it always does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then yeah, Anna's just having some fun with this. Um, the next chapter at eleven forty-five on a Saturday morning, the phone rang. Even though I'd been sitting by the phone for 15 minutes waiting for it to ring, I jumped. <laughs> then I picked up the receiver and trying to send Cam said, hello. It's time, said a man's voice. <laughs> yeah, I read this and I was like, is this the wrong genre? I the book. I have some special skills. Am I reading a thriller? <laughs> skills are babysitting. <laughs> yes, it's the Babysitter's Club spy spinoff. <laughs> It turns out that what's ap- actually happened is that Mrs. Prezioso is out of the house and it's time to throw a baby shower. <laughs> um, so they run over. Um, Jenny is being annoying yet again. She refuses to get into her nice outfit for the party. So Marianne just forcibly changes her. Fair. I've done that many times. Welcome to being a baby, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. <I> Ginny. <know. laughs> <laughs> the guy from the bakery has come with a cake that says happy birthday, Ginny, on it. And Mr. Prezioso <laughs> is like, this is in no way what I ordered. What? <laughs> so the bakery guy has to go dig through his van to try and find a more appropriate cake. In fairness, you have to do that anyway. Otherwise, Ginny's going to be mad when she gets a <laughs> yeah. fucking stork cake. Come on. Get the right cake, guys. I don't think this guy is concerned about Ginny at all. <laughs> then, um, it's yes, it's a stork cake and they have a lot of like stork decor. And then Jenny asks, what's the deal with storks? Um, <laughs> Good so question. <laughs> they start to say that storks bring babies. Um, and Jenny has the bright idea of putting a sign on the roof that says, do not leave any babies here ever. <laughs> I love that so much. This is what happens when you don't do even the bare minimum of sex education. <laughs> yep. Well, that they try. Claudia is like, okay, so you know the way your mommy's got a big fat tummy at the moment. Well, and then Marianne is like, I think this is for the Preziosos to discuss with Jenny in a time and manner of their choosing. At 13, I would just have been like, I definitely know better than that child's parents. And I, wouldn't have to, I would have been like, there is a baby in your mother's stomach. Your daddy put it there. That's where the baby is. Address further queries to mom and dad. Yeah, no, I would have been like, you you know, I'm not going into the details, but that is where it is. Yes. You, you, you should have explained the tummy aspect of it, even if you didn't explain the implantation aspect of yeah it. exactly definitely even if you don't even want to get onto how it gets out or whatever but like be like there is a baby in my tummy i'm going to have to go to the hospital and they'll take the baby out hmm. and also here's why i've changed shape and you have to be really physically careful around me for a while like yes mm-hmm. I, I no longer look like the mother you once knew <laughs> And there's a good reason for that. Kids don't notice that. Yeah, they don't actually really. <laughs> They'll notice if a foot comes poking out the side of your belly. Like, I, I think it depends on the age of the child. Yeah. Um, Before I didn't yeah. really yeah. notice. I just have a very vivid memory of being very pregnant with Sophia and holding my toddler nephew in my lap and Sophia kicking him in the bum <laughs> through my belly. <laughs> like, Get off my mother. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only baby here. I met a friend of my mum's. When I was waiting at my school bus stop, she stopped to talk to me and she was very heavily pregnant and I was transfixed looking at her belly like, oh my God, there's a foot. There are toes. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't talk to you. I can't relate to you as a person at the moment right now because like, I'm just looking at this alien thing happening in front of me. 
It is some body horror <laughs> shit. Rick, Rick was really yeah. put off. <laughs> <laughs> it's very um, strange. It is. But anyway, Jenny has had none of this explained to her. Um, and we lost Karen. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, you know, you guys stick around for slightly longer than I do when I cut out. So I'm talking away here. And then I hear you go, oh, Karen has disappeared. I'm like, I'm a ghost. This one is a ghost. <laughs> no. Karen's like, been dead for seven years. <laughs> I thought I was interacting with you. <laughs> okay. Right. The Preziosos. So baby shower. They have the baby shower. Um, Jenny is not keen on the whole idea. Mm-hmm. But everybody has brought presents for the baby. And an afterthought token present for Jenny. Um, that... The baby gets a, a very acute stuffed teddy bear and Jenny gets some barrettes. Mm-hmm. And she responds to this as it deserves. She is not keen. Can I just raise the fact that Mrs. Prezioso comes home and they fucking jump out at her and she's eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> oh, Mrs. P was properly surprised. I mean, really surprised. For just a second, her mouth just formed an O. Then she buried her face in her hands and laughed, cried and blushed, all at the same time as her friends surrounded her. Don't do this to a pregnant woman. (laughs) (laughs) This is a horrible idea. I mean, actually, a lot of people who are not pregnant would also really hate this. But especially not a pregnant woman. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mrs. Preziosa loves it, but that's... You know, because this is fiction. That's yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's lucky that the author wrote it that way. Yeah. We we have had surprise parties for people where we've like had someone spoiler it just before they come in and they weren't pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> also, because somebody put them on the email thread for the planning oh, no. <laughs> of the surprise party. Come on. <laughs> Oh my god. I If I thought about it for a while, I could remember who the culprit of that one was. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Valentine's Day. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, the Schaefer Spears all exchange Valentine's cards, uh, which is normal in their culture, and we can respect that. Anthropologically speaking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cultural relativism and all that. Sharon puts red food colouring in the butter. We're here for that. Uh-huh. Uh, Claudia has Valentine's themed candies for everyone. Red Hots and Heart candies and chocolate covered cherries. Uh, that's cute. Yeah, I like it. And pretzels. And pretzels <laughs> for the others. Um, <laughs> the others. And they have a party. Uh, then they have a meeting. Marianne is heading off to babysit Logan's siblings. And when Dawn asks how she feels about it, uh, she says that she's worried about how it's going to feel to see Logan and Olivia leave the house on their date. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> else goes, who's Olivia? At Dawn, Jesse, Christy, Stacy, Mal and Claude. <laughs> I realised two things then, that everyone had been listening to my conversation with Dawn and that the non-existent Olivia had become real to me. <laughs> Believe in her own head cannon. Yep. <laughs> so she she mumbles something and runs. <laughs> this is delightful. It's so good. <laughs> Behind me I could hear Stacy saying, What? His cousin? And Mallory saying, I think she said no one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Logan going on a date with his cousin? <laughs> so Marianne turns up at Logan's house and at this point, my soul leaves my body. <laughs> yeah, this is where the cringe really kicks in in a big way. Yes. It turns out another theme of the novel is 
surprise events and the different <laughs> ways that those can turn out. Because mm-hmm. she turns up at the Bruno house and it's strangely in darkness. And then um, the door creaks open and Logan is silhouetted against a light in the hallway, wearing a tuxedo and holding a box with a wrist corsage. <laughs> and uh, Marianne, who is not quick on the uptake here, is like, this is a bit much for Olivia, who you've been doing for like 10 minutes. What the hell? Fuck Olivia. <laughs> so Logan ushers her into the dining room, where the table is set for a romantic dinner for two. There's candles and a tablecloth and crystal glasses and sparkling silverware. And Marianne is disgusted that Logan is showing her everything he's prepared for Olivia. <laughs> There's probably like a psychoanalytic way of looking at how Marianne has displaced all this stuff that is done for her onto a better version of herself that can sing. Yep. Uh, but I'm I'm not capable of picking picking through this. Eventually Logan puts the corsage on Marianne's wrist. And then she still doesn't know what's going on, so he has to verbally explain. This is Olivia's corsage, Logan. <laughs> yeah, why are you trying it on me? I'm, are we cheating on Olivia right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's psychologically complex. So Logan just has to fully explain that he bamboozled her, uh, <laughs> because she's not getting there on her own. Um, his family has been stashed in the rec room, Logan says... <laughs> They won't bother us. Tonight is our night. I cannot imagine what would happen if I tried to persuade my family to do this at 13 so that I could have a hot date with a boy in the house. His family are very accommodating. Where did he get a tuxedo? (laughs) It has to be his dad's and it must be huge on him. (laughs) I hope. Or he used his babysitting money to rent it. Do rental places have tuxedos that will fit a 13-year-old boy? <laughs> Give me our finest child tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, for if you're going to be the groomsman in your big brother's wedding. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Or if you're short and going to junior prom. Imagine him going and being like, no, it's for an important date with my girlfriend. <laughs> Swaggering into the the men's hair shop. His voice cracking. It's for Valentine's. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look my best for Murray for Marianne. <laughs> Stacy shows up to something because she is so chic wearing a tuxedo. Um and I wonder if it's the same tuxedo. <laughs> it's just like a, a unisex 13-year-old size tuxedo. Hey, Logan, remember that tuxedo you wore the night you fucked up real bad? Can I borrow it? <laughs> I prefer to think of Logan calling Stacy up. <laughs> oh, neither of these things happened because it's... <laughs> Gender roles are very rigid at this point in time, but, you know. That's true. <laughs> um, So Logan charmingly tells Marianne that he's going to go warm up the dinner no, sorry, he's going to go warm their relationship. <laughs> and he's going to fetch the dinner. <laughs> he's also reheating the dinner, but you know, he's probably... We're not going to criticise the dinner. The dinner is, is well thought out. The dinner is impressive. So Marianne um, does as she's told and sits at the dining table. 
and says, I think that if Logan had said as gently and sweetly as he had spoken just now, here, shave your head, get each of your ears pierced four times and your nose once and go be a sheep herder in the mountains, I would have done it. (laughs) So Logan goes off to the kitchen and produces uh, two packages and a single red rose, which he gives to Marianne. And she's like, but you already gave me this orchid. It's so much overkill. I know. It's so awkward. I wasn't sure what to do with the rose. Its stem was very long, also thorny. So I just laid it next to my plate on the white tablecloth. Very symbolic and also very awkward. (laughs) Yes. I love how uncomfortable this is. This is beautifully observed. (laughs) Yes. So he gives her... um, a heart-shaped box, which Marianne says is pretty gaudy. It was adorned with a gigantic pink plastic rose and tied with red voile or toile, whatever that stuff <laughs> wedding veils are made of. <laughs> I, when I read heart-shaped box, I immediately got Nirvana playing in my head, which is not a good vibe for this scene. No, it's really not. <laughs> he's got like a stripped-down acoustic cover version playing. <laughs> that no. is so ominous. <laughs> Inside the box were five pounds of chocolate candy. Yum, I said. Thanks, Logan. Oh my God. I love five pounds of chocolate. As much as the next girl. But that's quite a lot. It's so much and implies that it was very, very cheap. (laughs) Five pounds of chocolate. Why? It doesn't make it better. Because chocolates are romantic. So five pounds of chocolates is (laughs) maximally romantic. It's five pounds of romance. Is that like a kilo? It's like two and a half kilos. <laughs> two and a half it's kilos of so chocolate. Is... Okay, it's less romantic when you measure it in kilos anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kilos are not the, the measurement of love. No, you measure cat litter in kilos. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's so much chocolate. It's hilarious. <laughs> Logan has also given her a bracelet made of tiny gold hearts linked together. Uh, Marianne gasped and Logan kisses her and she feels overwhelmed but also annoying sense of dread (laughs) and this is intensely relatable like everything about this is so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. too much romance she's freaking out but then Logan brings out a plate of lasagna broccoli with some sort of sauce and a serving on uh, lasagna broccoli with some sort of sauce on it and a serving of salad uh, so Marianne is temporarily won over. His entire family helped him make this and have now agreed to hide in the rec room under penalty of death. They are very <laughs> decent people. <laughs> I feel like if he had eliminated everything else and had a like a nice conversation with her over a plate of lasagna, yeah. he would yeah. have had much better in with her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what he needs to have is a conversation with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the real key here. But yeah, this is... Marianne describes the silence while they eat as excruciating. <laughs> they make it through dinner. They make it through dessert. As soon as dessert was over, she heads to go. Um, and then she tells him that she really did mean it when she said she wanted to cool down their relationship. And Logan is like, yeah, I know, but I'm ready to warm it up again. <laughs> Logan is like impressively obtuse here like yeah he's just phenomenal he's doing everything except actually you know discussing feelings yeah with the person who he's trying to wooing her yeah (laughs) that's what men do this is masculinity 
Exactly. He's performing masculinity and it's terrible. He's performing it real hard. You know what, though? For a 13-year-old, yeah, he's he's got all the trappings. He just needs to have the actual <laughs> basis for a relationship, which is having a... Trying to determine what your your partner's mental state is. Yes, as well. he gets an A for effort and an F for mm-hmm. everything else. Yes, <laughs> he tried yeah. very hard and did not think about the right things. And also, clearly, has not caught his parents up on any of this because I feel like any responsible parent would be like, "Let's dial this back a bit so she doesn't run screaming." <laughs> yes, <laughs> like they clearly do not know that the kids are on the rocks here. No. Yeah, that's true, actually. I would definitely take pains to ensure my my parents did not know if I was going to this kind of length. (laughs) Everything's fine. Everything is great. I need you to hide. (laughs) If you were, if everything was going swimmingly and you were having a romantic evening, it probably wouldn't be helped by having, like, supportive Southern parents being around. I do think that, like, assuming they think everything is going fine, I think that his parents would still be like, no, honey, you can't give her five pounds of chocolate. That is a waste of your money. Please don't do that. Like, just, just get her a box of milk tray like a normal person. Yeah. If things were going okay, five pounds of chocolate might be okay. <laughs> Depending on the chocolate. So much chocolate. <laughs> it's obscene. Five pounds of chocolate is like a novelty amount of chocolate. Like, it's not... That's what you buy to decorate a wedding cake or something. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... that's. Not normal. Like, <laughs> can it be bought? <laughs> Five libs. Yeah, Amazon are gonna have it. Or from like a catering supply. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's it. Five pounds is a catering amount Ooh. of chocolate. Like this is just not okay. Yes, it's industrial chocolate. Okay, it wants to sell me um Butler's Irish chocolates one kilo for fifty pound uh, fifty quid. That's quite a lot actually. Yeah. A kilo of chocolate is a lot. Like, yeah, that's so much. How big is a five pound Hershey bar? It's 18 inches by nine inches by one inch. And the whole thing tastes like puke anyway. <laughs> you could use that to kill a man. <laughs> by making him eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I will go to bat for Hershey's almond. I think it works really well. Um, But I don't know that I would eat five pounds. <laughs> it is a great deal. I mean... A huge quantity, not a good bargain. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify. (laughs) Anyway, the bracelet on my wrist felt as heavy as an iron chain. Oh, that's some Wuthering Heights Bronte-esque description. There's the drama. (laughs) Speaking of drama, Mrs. Prezioso is totally in Mm labour, being very diplomatic about it. So... Jessie gets a panicked phone call from Mr. Prezioso asking if she can come and watch Jenny for a few hours while he takes his wife to the hospital. Because Jessie's handwriting is absolutely fucking illegible, <laughs> yeah. it's particularly galling that the uh, first, that the printed version of the chapter, the section of the chapter begins with, as you can tell, Jessie was ecstatic over it. I'm like, nobody can fucking tell that. This child's writing is not legible. <laughs> No. Yeah. The segment is actually better to... It's easier to read than some of Jesse's other pieces yeah, of writing. Yeah, I know. It's fair. It doesn't give you anything that important, just that Jesse is really excited. I'm, I'm happy to see Jesse get some screen time. She's kind of a random babysitter, babysitting choice. <laughs> no, it's true. I think Anne maybe rolled some dice here. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Anne Cecilia drops her off and then 
drives away, pausing on the road to let a squirrel cross the road, which is a nice character touch. She's yes. a pain in the ass, but she's not a monster. Also, yeah. she's suitably excited for the baby. Yes. That she doesn't give Jessie any grief over this. She's like, oh yeah, no, cool. Yeah, let me know. And then she drives away very slowly and carefully. <laughs> like the aged 41-year-old that she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so Mrs. Prezioso is sitting on the bottom of the stairs going dear I think it's time to go (laughs) which is you know Prezioso speak for oh fuck this contraction is killing me (laughs) (laughs) even Jesse is like do you not want to take this woman to the hospital and Prezioso's like yes 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 emergency numbers pediatrician (laughs) (laughs) also yes he casually drops the bombshell that Jenny is still asleep (laughs) and Jesse is going to have to catch her up on what's been going on whenever she wakes up. And Jesse is like, this is terrible parenting, but Mm -hmm. I'm 11, so okay. Um, (laughs) What the fuck? But anyway, there's no more time to discuss it because Mrs. Prezioso is yet again going, dear. (laughs) Just wake Jenny up. Like, yeah, this is terrible. Like, this is is the worst idea. Wake her up. It's fine. Yeah. Jessie decides she's going to soften the blow by fixing Jenny a nice breakfast, which turns out to consist of cereal and bread, uh, which is very disappointing. I was anticipating at least pancakes from a box mix or something. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure if junior babysitters are allowed to use the stove or not. Oh my god. (laughs) Jenny, like, doesn't at least go, who the fuck are you? She has at least met <laughs> yeah. Jesse once before, which is yeah. just as well. Because <laughs> it's very disorienting. Jesse is like, do you remember who I am? And she's like, Jesse? And like, yeah, this is an absolutely traumatic way to be woken up and greeted with the news that your mother's gone to the hospital to give birth. Yeah. Like, this is mm-hmm. so bad. <laughs> You're a babysitter, was Jenny's reply. She sounded as if she was accusing Jesse of committing a crime. I mean, yes. she didn't go into a tantrum, <laughs> so that's quite good. <laughs> yeah, I call that a win. Then Jenny has some hard questions about the um, their various roles of the hospital people and the stork in <laughs> facilitating this baby. Um, Jessie grits her teeth and admits that the stork <laughs> actually has nothing to do with it. And the baby grew inside the mommy. <laughs> and Jenny is like, I thought that stork thing sounded funny. <laughs> I love that Jessie is like, listen, someone's going to have to have this talk. I'm prepared to do it. <laughs> Apparently it's going to be me because everyone else fucked off. Claudia isn't going to do it. Mr. Prezioso isn't going to do it. Jenny, I'm <laughs> I'm drawing a diagram of the uterus right now. These are the ovaries. <laughs> Claudia was fully going to do it, but Marianne was like, no. No. <laughs> Jessie is like, every 28 days. <laughs> Our- <laughs> Jenny's going to know some stuff. <laughs> Jessie does it wonderfully. This is like, babies grow inside of mommies. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was not so hard. I feel like, yeah, Jenny had her suspicions already. Yeah. yeah. She knew there was something with ruin. <laughs> um, so they wait around all day for Mr. Prezioso to call. Um, the first time the phone rings, Jenny is allowed to answer. She's been trusted with the responsibility of answering the phone. <laughs> but it's a man who won't give his name but wants to know if they want to buy cyclopedimins. <laughs> and Jesse is like, tell him no thank you and hang up. Adorable 80s phone or early 90s phone business. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? 
And babysitting advice for how to deal with the man who wants to sell you cyclopedimens. <laughs> yes. Be polite, but firm and hang up. And hang Don't up. Don't give him any money. <laughs> um, then finally, after a day of waiting, Mr. Prezioso calls and says that the baby's come. It's a girl and her name is Andrea. Um, Jenny is distinctly underwhelmed because she wanted a brother. <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. <laughs> She's just underwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, shout out to um, uh, Jesse allows Jenny to pick her own outfit. Oh yeah. <laughs> which are which is a pink jean skirt, a red shirt, yellow knee socks, and blue sandals. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so yeah. clashing. Excellent. And also, absolutely, what kids were wearing at that time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's managed to take the net curtains that Mrs. Prezioso usually dresses Jenny in and make something unique and personalised yes. out of it. So, yeah, good for Jenny. Yeah. Um. Then a few days later, uh, Mrs. Prezioso is coming home with the baby. Mm-hmm. And again, they seem to have, like, no adult friends uh, because... They have a babysitter here to mind Jenny and be in attendance when they come home. There is a Mrs. Frank who is a neighbour. Yeah. Um, who I picture as like a very old lady with like lots of cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who smells kind of weird. <laughs> she is strictly for emergencies. She is not to be bothered <laughs> otherwise. Um, Marianne is trying to cheer Jenny up again, but Jenny is still in a fell mood. So... Marianne decides to burn off some energy by playing a game called Flamingo Fight, where (laughs) you wear blindfolds, hop around on one leg with your other foot tucked up like a flamingo, and try to bump each other over. Um, (laughs) It sounds both very fun and wildly dangerous. (laughs) Yes, I would love to play it. I would play it in a jump zone or something. Yes. (laughs) Like... They play it outdoors, like in the yard, and this just sounds like so hilariously dangerous. It says specifically, make sure you're not close to the the footpath or the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see tragic consequences. Yeah. Or at the very least, just a lot of skin knees. Um, yeah. Like even my daughter was like, I kind of want to play this, but I also would be very afraid to play this. It sounds very dangerous. <laughs> It's a game that you go into knowing that someone's going to get hurt. Um, Two friends of mine developed a game in our teens where you you each poked each other in the finger trying to get your nail under her nail. (laughs) Ow! And I watched them doing this and they were in hysterics and also screaming in pain the whole time (laughs) because... The likelihood of you doing something like, like causing a minor injury is 100%. Yes! <laughs> I was like, I'm going to watch you, but I'm not going to participate in this. This is terrible. <laughs> it's like that. God, that is peak teenager. That is escalation from playing slaps or knuckles. Like, that is. <laughs> Same vein. <laughs> I don't think we came up with a name for this. So if Marianne has gone into this game knowing someone is going to get hurt. <laughs> is she working out some underlying resentments against Jenny here? <laughs> Let's play a dangerous game. Let's just um, show Jenny that there are more things in the world <laughs> to be concerned about. Than... <laughs> I'll give you something to sulk about, Jenny. <laughs> Marianne is a Gen Xer. 
She's not a boomer, mm. but you know. <laughs> yeah, school of hard knocks, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> I think it's just like, I need to do something with this child that will distract her from complaining about no longer being like a singleton. Yeah, but a grazed knee would nicely <laughs> take that box as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the preciosas turn up. Jenny tries to run over to the car with her blindfold still on. Marianne wisely <laughs> removes it. Um, oh. Jenny is instantly smitten with the baby, which I'm sure will come as a great surprise to all of you, the readers, mm-hmm. um, if you have never experienced any kind of media before. <laughs> Marianne reflects that um, they will have their tough times and their challenges and their fights and they'll argue on road trips, but they will love each other just like her and Dawn. They have their troubles but uh, they will always love each other. Next chapter, we have another awkward pivot into uh, also this book is about Marianne and Logan and their relationship <laughs> issues. So Marianne thinks about the fact that when you have a fight with your family, uh, you love them anyway and you understand each other. Uh, but then she compares that to her troubles with Logan because she's tried to understand him, but he hasn't understood her. No. And then we get another no. like clip show montage of the time that they had a surprise birthday party for her and she panicked and ran away and he was patient and understanding about it. But he's no longer like that. Uh, he doesn't listen to her. He doesn't think about what she wants. And she decides that she wants to be an independent woman. This really has nothing to do with Jenny Prezioso, but... <laughs> no. The A plot and the B plot of this book were meant for different books. I think so. Um, yeah. Oh, but life is more like that. That's true. <laughs> than Babysitter's yes. Club books are. Um, there's no attempt made to explain why Logan has changed. Although he, he does done it over the course of a couple of books, which is pretty good foreshadowing, but... Maybe he's been, like, reading men's rights zines or something and he's got red pills. <laughs> no. Nowadays, I would absolutely be like, what TikToks has he been watching that have yes, created fully. this? Yes, fully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's been watching um, poorly thought out sitcoms. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. He started watching television that was made after the 1960s. Yeah. It is in Sesame Street. He's, He's absorbing the monoculture. Time magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, oh, we can't diagnose Logan. Um, He's just, he's gone over to the bad. Yeah, he's just being a dick. I mean, he's a 13-year-old boy. He's trying out some new, like, performances of masculinity yeah. and it's not working. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, yeah, it's hormones, yeah. basically. Maybe yeah. it's good for him to have the whatever he's doing right now solidly rejected by Marianne. Yes. <laughs> I think this is, you know, he's he's uh, experiencing natural consequences for his actions. You can be like mm-hmm. this, but girls may not want to date you. Yes. <laughs> girls who are not trad wives will not want to date <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. And like, if Marianne isn't trad wife enough for this, nobody is. Yes, yep. I like that. We have all the types of women in the Babysitter's Club, and yeah. none of them are into your shtick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Including, like, canonically dorky Marianne, who looks forward to a nice evening of knitting by herself, and <laughs> even she is like, no, this is this is too weird. <laughs> so she gets home, and she calls Logan, and demands that he meet her at the park. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's late. And she's like, no, when you tell me to meet, we have to meet. So now I'm telling you to meet, and we have to meet. Suck it up. <laughs> So he trudges out to the park and 
she sits on a bench and has yet another montage. She remembers the good times, mm. uh, the time they babysat Jackie Radowski together, the time he looked like Cam Geary and she couldn't take her eyes off him. Why does snow make people nostalgic? <laughs> like, chill out. It's precipitation, guys. <laughs> I mean, it makes me nostalgic, but that's because it's rare and exciting here. It's like, extremely unusual here. <laughs> assume if you lived in New England, it's just weather. Like, Yeah. It makes me think of 2010. <laughs> When we had a volcano to deal with, there was a lot of snow. <laughs> yeah. was. Although actually, um, the snow is gone at this point. She's sitting mm. around thinking that like <laughs> they were previously here in the snow and now there's just like brown grass and dead trees and mm-hmm. very symbolic. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, so Logan turns up and tries to kiss her and she puts her hand over his mouth to get him to not kiss her. And he tries to pull away and kiss her anyway. And like, he is such an absolute dingus. Um, he is, he is not reading the room or the park or whatever. Um, read the park, Logan. <laughs> yeah. So Marianne says that, um, when she was the one who asked to cool their relationship, she thinks it would have been courteous of him to consult her when, rather than just deciding that it was time for them to be back on again. And he is like, who are you? Miss Manners. Um, and again, this is absolutely the wrong tone to be taking. Mm. And she's like, I am Marianne Spear and I am a person, an independent person who likes to think for herself and have some freedom. And there's definitely like stirring, possibly patriotic music swelling in the background. <laughs> this is some Thelma and Louise stuff. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so she dumps his ass mm. and uh, she gives him back the bracelet uh, Logan finally realizes that like he has deeply fucked this up, and he says, "I guess this means we're we're not," and then trails off. And like, yes, traditionally breaking up does mean that you're not anymore. <laughs> and then they say goodbye to each other, and that's the end of the book. It is such a mm-hmm. dramatic ending. Yeah, it's very dramatic. I loved it. Like I thought there was going to be another chapter where she went home and emoted and talked it all out with Don, but like that's just the end. They say goodbye, and that's mm-hmm. the end. Oof. Um, the retrospective um, letter from Anna Martin says, yeah, I knew this was going to be unpopular, but I really (laughs) felt it was important. I'm like, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have have your character stick to her guns and go home and like, (laughs) don't have any second thoughts in the the epilogue. (laughs) Eat five pounds of chocolate and move on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like... Okay, so this book made me cringe so hard. Mm-hmm. My soul left my body several times, <laughs> but in ways that were like a good reflection on the writing of the book. Like mm. Logan's behavior is meant to be excruciating and hard to watch. And she yeah. absolutely succeeded in that. Like, I really like this book. I feel like I would not have had the... Um, uh, the fortitude and the spine to properly break up with Logan, I would have ghosted Logan. Fully. <laughs> if the option was there, I would have been like, sorry, new phone, who dis? <laughs> yeah. oh, I, um, I would have been like, well, if I break up with him, he'll be sad. And if I make him sad, then that makes me a bad person. So I guess I have to marry him. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> like, oh, it sucks to be married to this guy. <laughs> that yeah. would have been me 100%. I also, yeah, I think as a kid would have found this book very emotionally intense and like mm-hmm. too adult. I, I would have been like, this is, yes. this is too much. I like, I don't remember the Logan plot. <laughs> <laughs> that um, is hilarious. Certain aspects of it 
Um, I think the bit where he orders for her, I vaguely recall. Um, but everything else is just just wiped. I was just like, no, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna store that. Let's think a lot about the baby and Jenny. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something for everyone here, I guess. Yeah, because the two plots are not related at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sophia really engaged with the romantic drama aspect of this way more than I would have at eleven. Um in that when I sent her to bed, she was still howling about how Logan is toxic. Like, Logan is fully cancelled in this house. <laughs> That's Ooh, great. Sophia good. has the, like, the vocabulary to describe what's happening. Yeah, because Sophia gets to read out by the asshole, as opposed to just talking to her other 11-year-old friends and occasionally watching whatever Beverly Hills yeah. 90210 or whatever it was we watched <laughs> to learn how Airplane. relationships worked. <laughs> you know, movies that don't give you very much guidance on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got all my relationship advice from the movie Airplane. I'm a mess. <laughs> Star Wars is great for this stuff. You know? <laughs> Make out with your sister. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, good. I'm I'm glad that she like would have some words with, with Logan. Because I do feel that like if Marianne had been able to sort of rein him in at a couple of points, yeah. it wouldn't, they might still have broken up, but it wouldn't have been like... As excruciating. Everything is fine until, boom, it's not fine. And we're going to have an embarrassing scene over lasagna and five pounds of chocolates. Like I mean, also, though, if Logan had paid any attention to how she was yeah. reacting to everything, um, he yes. might have not, like, love-bombed her. Like, Which I is, don't think he was malignly love-bombing yeah. her. I just think he was trying way too hard. And, like, he should have, if he had really examined her behavior up to then, mm -hmm. he might have picked up the clues she was laying down yeah i think a part of what the issue was is that logan seems to have somehow got into somehow got into this mode of performing romance yeah as opposed to being with marianne mm -hmm. i feel like he read a dating book maybe yeah it was like a girlfriend likes when you do these things yes. and not marianne an individual person has expressed her own interests and opinions on things exactly some older friend or cousin was like, listen, here's what yeah. you gotta do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know. This seems to have been going okay so far, but... And, oh my God, I know what happened. Travis gave him some advice. <laughs> no! Sports no. Or something because Travis does all the sports. Travis is like coaching the young lads and is like, listen, while I'm giving you all sports advice, let me tell you about the ladies. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. And, and we all know that I, I'm dating one of the hottest uh, girls in high school, just after Christy <laughs> Thomas. <true>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I fully believe this. I, I'm like really hoping that in the subsequent book, when, spoiler warning, Marianne and Logan get back together, that this is explained <gasps> as, as the, the cause of the, the breakup. I would love that. It, Logan it won't has not be. behaved this way before. But headcanon accepted. That is my headcanon for a <laughs> We're never going to get a proper satisfying explanation for this. So that's it. He does his Ooh. diner move and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's such pickup artist bullshit. Like, I'm, I'm pretty know, sure right. pickup artists still say that. Like, you know, yeah. it, it establishes dominance and whatnot. I, I feel like if this occurred in Pretty Woman, it would be played for awkward laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like something that anyone would, like, acquiesce to. <laughs> ever so yeah I think I think this is Travis's fault basically yes blame Travis yeah when in yeah. doubt blame Travis always so fashion wise let's see we've got 
a lot of the clothes in this book are Jenny Prezioso's clothes. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of good ones in the intro, though, in the, the couple of the first couple of chapters. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, Jenny is branching out to the exciting world of stick-on earrings <laughs> and sneakers with laces. She's been upgraded to those uh, to facilitate her becoming a big girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marianne is wearing jeans and a new baggy sweater. Uh, we get a typical Claudia outfit might be black leggings, a baggy black and white shirt dress, low black shoes and big wild earrings for her pierced ears. Uh, which is not really that wild. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of office appropriate. <laughs> you know what's new this year? Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Stacy wears super trendy clothes, layers on layers, hats, Pins, cowboy boots, that sort of thing. There's two sets of cowboy boots in this, at least. Um, There's a lot of cowboy boot representation. And at least one of them is described as acute. Is there like (laughs) a acute cowboy boot print on Cowboy boots must have been really in at this point in time in the junior fashion magazines. Yeah, I think there's a t-shirt with a cactus wearing a cowboy boot on it. That's it. That's very specific. We're not at the era when line dancing was a huge thing in Ireland, but I'm wondering if it was starting to become a thing in America at this point. Oh my God. Oh, I remember that. In Ireland, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to die of embarrassment for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we all do when we remember that era and we everyone just collectively pretends it never happened. But we we know we were there. We know we were there, and and this country remains like a heartland of Garth Brooks fans. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably not the mainstay, but yeah, there have been. No, we are one of his biggest. Like, are we? Yes, we're. Would any other country have embarrassing scenes over him not doing Five Nights? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, no, no, is the I... answer to that? No, he's huge here. <laughs> like, I mean. There was a huge kerfuffle, I remember, a few years ago when um, the big sports stadium, which is not in the city centre, but near it, um, the people in that vicinity stood up to a man and refused to have Garth Brooks there because of the massive inconvenience of having, I presume, cars going in every direction. Well, they agreed to a certain number of nights. They they refused five consecutive nights of Garth Brooks because, is like... Is that what it was? That is some Guantanamo Bay shit. Like... <laughs> It's a residential area. There are regulations that were worked out with the residents of the area about how many concerts there can be, how many consecutive nights. Okay. And Garth Brooks promoters, based in Ireland, basically went to the people book. He went, eh, you can't have more than three in a row, but we're just going to book five in a row anyway. And sold tickets to them. Figuring, oh, they'll just have to let us. And quite rightly, they didn't. And it was a huge furore. So I just, I guess I remember the whole furore and not the specifics of it. That was basically Um, it. Partly because... It was five consecutive nights. Five consecutive nights. But because um, that that locale, right, deals with um, the country's biggest sporting events, which, by the way, for um, reference, are fucking bigger than the Super Bowl. More people actually go to an All-Ireland final than attend a Super Bowl. Because tickets don't cost a grand. Yeah, well, there's And the distances that. are small. The distances are small. But, like, it's, it's in terms of the actual number of people, certainly a much fucking bigger percentage of the actual population of this country goes to 
and all like these oh, people yeah. are used to it. Yeah. This this country has five million people, and Croke Park seats something like eighty eighty million eighty thousand. So it's it's used to, and the people who live in that area are used to putting up with a very very large number of yeah. attendees. Yeah. Um. And they were just like, no, we can't deal with Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Not five nights of them. Not five nights of them. Anyway, they worked it out to the point where um Gareth went and did his several concerts in a row. I don't know how many. <laughs> no, I think he cancelled the whole thing. He cancelled the whole thing and came back to do... 2022, how many did he do in a row? The the legal number. Yeah. Three. Okay. Like, they oh, don't good. make exceptions for anybody, not even Gareth Brooks. <laughs> next, um, Claudia is next seen wearing an oversized raspberry coloured shirt, a, scor- a short black skirt and black leggings, the layered look, Marianne tells us. On her feet were black cowboy boots and dangling from an ear cuff was a huge collection of beads and stones. Marianne says, I look like a complete nerd, even though I was wearing one of my better outfits, blue print pants that were wide on top but narrowed to cuffs at the ankles, and a short cropped t-shirt with the sleeves rolled up, and this acute picture of a cactus wearing a cowboy boot. So yeah, there's clearly some kind of southwestern vibe going on. Meanwhile, Christy is wearing jeans, a turtleneck, and her running shoes because she's Christy. I love Christy. Marianne's outfit has is pretty contemporary sounding, apart from the cowboy boot. But the pants, I can picture those. Yeah, I can see a Gen Z are in those tapered pants for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we see Jenny Prezioso showing off her new clothes. She's got multiple new dresses and a pink plaid jumper over a white cotton blouse and a pink straw hat to go with it and pink ballet slippers. This mm-hmm. is all wildly practical stuff for any four-year-old about town. <laughs> uh, this is what she ends up wearing to the baby shower and I can understand her reluctance. I remember having to like reconceptualize the notion of a jumper as Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I was like, there's no bottoms in this outfit. Where does that go? <laughs> a jumper in Ireland is a sweater. Yeah. yeah. It's it's what you wear on top of all the other stuff to keep you warm. Yeah. It's only that. So someone put trousers on Jenny. <laughs> yes. She's running around pantsless. No wonder she's annoyed. <laughs> but yes, in America, it is a pinafore dress. If you're one mm-hmm. of our Irish listeners who doesn't know what Americans mean by jumper. It's very confusing. Then when Marianne goes to Logan's house for the ill-fated romantic dinner, she's wearing jeans and an old ski sweater under her parka, <laughs> which again is very 90s. Um... And that's it for fashion. I like Marianne aggressively dressing down for Logan and Olivia. Yes. She's like, fuck you, Olivia. I'm not going to put on the fake eyelashes. Yeah, I'm not brushing my hair for you. <laughs> you musical bitch. <laughs> Karen, um, in your considered opinion, having weighed up all the pros and cons of everyone's behaviour... Would you say that everyone is terrible in this? Uh, no. Um, I blame Travis for everything. Yeah. As always. Um, <laughs> uh, Logan is wildly misguided and I am actually really confused as to why he's taken this turn, but I can't say it hasn't been foreshadowed. So let's just say he's going through some stuff. Yeah. Um, and Marianne is making a pretty good decision here. It's not working for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Marianne, who's been a pain in the ass lately, is fine, I think. <laughs> Yeah, she really, she really is. It's really making me wonder about how reliable any of her narrators are. (laughs) (laughs) 
Absolutely. So um, the preziosos should give Jenny some more sex ed, but Definitely. it all works out okay in the end. So like, I mean, I am a an object lesson in the fact that you can educate your three-year-old all you like and they still may not know where the baby is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> but you at least have to try. Wait, you have. You should try. You should try and you should probably do something other than attempt to bribe them. <laughs> Like, and, and and make them think they're going to have to change the baby's fucking nappy. Yeah, yes. definitely don't do that. Definitely don't do that. As a parent of two, I um, acknowledge that I use bribery a, a lot, just all the time. But you know, not not in this particular scenario. Yes, um, yeah. and definitely the four year old shouldn't be actively involved in the childcare. Um, yeah, mostly people are okay in this. Yeah. Um, I'd like a bit more insight into what. What the fuck Logan is doing. <laughs> yes. Um, but apart from that, yeah. Um, good for Marianne. It was it was a painful journey, but she got there in the end. <laughs> yes. Um, our next book is going to be number 42, Jesse and the Dance School Phantom. Ooh. So join us for that. In the meantime, um, hit us up on the L Social. We are on Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr as the podcast at Dawn's House. For the time being, we're still on Twitter as Podcast Dawn. Amazingly. That could collapse at any moment. So uh, the best place to connect connect with us is probably Instagram, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time this episode actually airs, Twitter may have gone down in a ball of flames and we'll all finally be free. <laughs> you can also send us an email at the podcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review us in uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please tell all your friends about us. <laughs> We have a facility whereby you can donate money if that is a thing that you wish to do uh, at Kofi.com. We're also the podcast at Don's House there. And in conclusion, I think we can all agree that when things go wrong and you don't know what to do, you can always just blame Travis. <laughs> blame Travis. Also, can I add... Don't sneak up on a pregnant woman and throw a giant surprise party for her where you jump out and shout at her. Did Miss Spike have a hysterectomy? Is that what happened? Like, <laughs> good theory. Because, <laughs> like, frankly, I love that for her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Yeah, good for Mrs. Spike. Like, oh. sometimes you got to treat yourself. <laughs> a little hysterectomy is a treat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>